This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is no longer under quarantine and is back. Yes, indeed. Now, apparently, uh, Chelsea's nil-nil draw against Leicester was the first time in the club's history that the fans had endured three nil-nil draws in a row. Who knew? Uh, undeniably frustrating as it was, surely there was no need to boo the team at the final whistle. Perhaps a bit of perspective is needed, like the fact that we're unbeaten in our last 10 matches, are still in the top four of the league, and still in the Carabao and FA Cup and Champions League. Uh, so there we go. Anyway, I wonder what the supporters at Stamford Bridge on Saturday would have thought of the run of 12 out of 13 <coughs> matches we went without scoring a goal in 1981. Hmm. Mm. You didn't need, now, a, lot you of, you didn't need a lot of pampers for that one, mate. You would have done, wouldn't you? Anyway, whether you boot... Whether you boo or not, and let's face it, that's up to the individual, or whether you can see the big picture or not, there is no doubt that there is something up with Chelsea at the moment. But hey, that's what Conte and the team are paid to sort out. So let's, so let's you know, we should just let them do it, really. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, <laughs> um, as a result of uh, the result, there could only be one title for the show tonight. And it is... Oh, we, we are, are saying... <laughs> Is give us a goal, which was probably sang in 1981 a lot, I would imagine. But there you go. Chelsea Fancast 410 is coming right at you now. And uh, on the show, which, and I should really say before we kind of get going, massive apologies. Uh, we, we had two shows scheduled uh, um, kind of over the, you know, New Year bit. Uh, and sadly, I, I got massively hit uh, on all fronts by I, what I can only presume was flu, but. You know, it was a real nasty one. I ended up being in bed for over a week, and uh, I had eye infection, which I've still got, and and 
ulcers and god no i mean it was it was like being attacked on all fronts and as a result i couldn't do the show so i'm very sorry about that but uh, we'll make up for it tonight we've got a humdinger as of course and as a special treat by the way <laughs> um you know i was uh, the show was going to be me jonathan uh, Tony and uh, Oliver Harbord from uh, Football London, but uh, Ollie, in fact, is at the council meeting in Hammersmith, uh, where they're talking about these uh, wonderful neighbours of ours at Stamford Bridge who uh, <laughs> uh, uh, have got an injunction about the uh, the right their right their right to light. Uh, so Ollie couldn't come on the show, but uh, so I thought as a special treat, as I've been really bad about not being around recently i thought who who shall i delight you with tonight so we've got the wonderful alex in in partnership or should i say in harness with tony glover the smart buddies are back mm. uh aren't they? Ooh, harness yeah you've already got me I, yeah i knew you couldn't resist <laughs> but uh, other than these two reprobates uh one of whom i had uh, the delight to see in the pub uh on saturday uh, after the match, uh, of course, of course, my right-hand man, the stalwart of the Chelsea fan cast, the none other than the esteemed actor oh. and voiceover artiste, oh. uh, who's, and also playwright. He's now oh. become the Ernie Wise of the Chelsea fan cast. He played, <laughs> uh, was it Doodle? Doodle, 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 doodle the musical. Uh, is that the play yeah, what you wrote? Musical. It's the play what I wrote. W O T. The play what yeah. I wrote. Wrote. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan's the Jonathan's the one with the short, fat, hairy legs. Uh, but anyway, Jonathan is with us. Lovely, lovely to see you. Uh, this for the first show this year, Jonathan. Thank you. I've missed you, Chich. I've missed you, and you. I was I worried about you your illness. I was worried about you being ill. Your poor chap. Mate, I, I really, yeah, I, I tell you, I really wasn't well. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I, I had to be, you know, laid up in bed ill for a week. Because uh, like most men, I, I just bugger on through. But I, I really, really wasn't uh, in good shape. But I'm, I'm okay now. We're all good. Uh, in fact, I'm so okay that I'm going to really enjoy this show tonight. Uh, so there you go. Now, on its, on this very show, uh, we're going to be asking, is it time for Conte to throw caution to the wind and change the three-five-two? Uh, and while the team might be firing blanks, the fact that we're not conceding seems to have been overlooked. Uh, in part two, we ask, is being tired a good excuse? Uh, and why did Hazard have a stinker? Uh, what happened with Courtois Gate? And is the club's transfer policy evidence of flawed thinking? Uh, in part three, uh, we look at the latest issues with the stadium development, which will hopefully be resolved in the council meeting in Hammersmith tonight. Uh, with the use of the VAR system in the Carabao Cup semi-final against Arsenal last week, we ask, was it a success? And uh, that was a special request from Alex. Uh, and we ask, have Chelsea charged too much for tickets to the FA Cup replay against Norwich on Wednesday this week? Uh, and in part four, we have, as you would expect, because we've not been on, the, uh, on for a while, we've got loads and loads and loads of emails for Jonathan to read out. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the show live, live. every Monday, live, live every Monday at seven o'clock in the evening by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And of course, you can join in all the chat and uh, you can post on the little chat page there. Of course, there are loads of you who are doing that in there tonight. Uh, I saw, of course, lovely Ali Fragley is in there and I, I saw Ali uh, in the pub on uh, on Saturday and Pete. Uh, and who I finally followed on Twitter. We've got Mr. Kurt in there, the lovely Andy Silverman. Happy New Year to you, Andy. Happy New Year to everybody, of course. Bonnie Rig Blues, who uh, was a traitor last week because I wasn't here and listened to all sorts of other podcasts, but I still love him. Uh, and loads and loads and loads more. Uh, great to see you all. I've missed you all, personally. I really have. 
Uh, so there you go. So that's that. Uh, of course, you can always tweet us at Chelsea Fancast, and I will obviously completely ignore it during the show. But no, always good to hear from you on there. Right now, after this small break, we'll be talking about the football. It was frustrating, wasn't it? But I mean, I've seen a lot worse. But uh, you know what? What struck me, and this isn't this isn't really just about Leicester. I think this is generally recently. But I've it's been occurring to me that you know our inability to to break teams down uh, of of any hue, really. I mean, Arsenal was a very good case in point in the uh, in the Carabao Cup uh, last week. I mean, they actually gave a passable impersonation of Sam Allardyce. Uh, version Bolton really but we don't seem to be able to break teams down and, and, and it kind of occurred to me that there's basically a massive and I, I mentioned this on the Kerry Dixon show and the great man decided I was right which is not he doesn't usually but he did um, <laughs> but I was saying that there's there's basically a problem that we've got a real gap between the midfield players and uh, Hazard and Morata and they seem a bit isolated and Hazard can't do it on his own you know and and basically you know, maybe we should look at the three-five-two, and, and and why are we playing three, three midfield players in in either back? Well, any any two of Baka, Yoko, Fabregas, and Drinkwater with Kante, when you know Fabregas doesn't have the legs to to join the attack quickly, nor does Drinkwater. Uh, and I mean, they're not the kind of player that can link the play. I think, and so and I went off on a bit of a rant on the Carry Show, and he basically agreed with me. But it, but it is a problem, and and you know. <laughs> Is it not time to change it, Jonathan? Because, well, he, in a sense, I, I think we've been worked out, haven't we? Well, he changed it against Huddersfield, didn't he? Because he played Pedro and William from the beginning, and we just took them to the cleaners. So um, I don't understand why, even particularly at home, he wants to be defensive. Because we st- we're starting off with the defensive midfielders, aren't we? We're not we're not going for it. Then he doesn't bring, and Pedro comes on and runs around like a headless chicken, and uh, and you think, well. What are we actually achieving here? We seem to be almost playing on the counter, which shouldn't be the case playing at home, um, particularly when, when, when teams, as you say, Arsenal parked the bus. And then Arsenal, of course, revealed themselves at the weekend to be absolute shit, losing to Bournemouth. So what is, what is happening? I, I'm, um, I'm confused completely as to... Uh, um, I mean, I think it depends hugely on Morata, Um and it makes you realise the the amount of pressure on Morata to score. And who I I, I commend his his uh, movement. Uh, I'm I'm very impressed by the the runs he makes. But he seems to have lost all confidence in front of goal. And it's unbelievably important that he is he is on fire as he was early on in the season when we couldn't help but praise him non-stop because he looked like Osgood. He was scoring fantastic goals. Um, and his ratio at the time for. Uh, uh, Madrid wasn't it was was one in three he scored with every shot now it must be you know but none in 15 the number of shots he's had but um it's it's this um it is this inability to shoot as well that we seem to have embraced um and uh Drinkwater had a terrible game the other day um uh, I can't remember all the the, the 
the ratio of games we've had, the schedule of games we've had. It but was, was the, the um, one, middle game. one. Yeah, the middle. Yeah, I mean Saturday, really awful, awful performance. He just seemed to be devoid. He looked like me playing for a, a new team on a Sunday morning when you think, oh, I don't think I'm any good. He just somehow looked. Um, sorry, that's a, a, a real memory of mine. And I was watching him thinking, oh, you can't pass it anymore because you're feeling a little bit under pressure. Um, but uh, when Bakayoko... Like, do you not think, though, that you can accept that um, layout and that formation and that against Arsenal? It kind of makes sense. A little bit annoyed about why you do it at home against Arsenal, but I see... Oh, no, it did. It um, away. Away, yeah. I understand. No, it. no, no that's fine. Or even like maybe start for the Arsenal game and make sure you don't go behind. But it seems to be yes. his default position now. Yeah. Yeah, it's to it's set up not to lose instead of to win. But also, they don't appear to be. Sh- well, they don't not taking shots, are they? We don't see many shots. You know, the second half. No, just, fabric, just, yeah, you, you you chip in there now. No, just, just just sort of pitch in because I think you know, Alex Alex as always makes a good point. But you know, I think the thing is is that Conte is an Italian manager and he is naturally cautious. But I think I, I don't know if they've put it up yet. But I wrote this. You know, I had a bit of a moan up on Yahoo about this and. The fact of the matter is that he changed to to three four three last season in an attempt to you know cover up the deficiencies we had in defence, which were a lack of pace and a lack of cover in midfield, and it and it worked brilliantly. And of course, we then went on to win the title. And then towards the end of the season, it was getting worked out a bit, so he went for three five three, which is sorry three five two, which is I think even more defensive. So I don't know what he was worried about there. But I, I agree with you, and and it just I just think playing Morata and Hazard on his own up there doesn't really work, or it's not working at the moment. And I and I think what what makes me think that because of course you know we all conveniently forget that uh, you know there is actually another team that we're playing. You know, it's all always about us. It's never about the other team. But I mean, against Arsenal, for example, every time the ball came into Morata, they had two defenders. <coughs> Every time the ball came into Hazard, they had two players on him. So, you know, teams to a certain extent have worked this out. And another example, every time Aspilicueta crossed the ball in for, for Morata, which we know has worked very, very well this season, teams have wised up with that and they are, you know, picking that up. And they were very quick to, to get onto Morata and get to the ball first. So that's why I'm saying, you know, it's not just a moan that, oh, we're well, shoot because we can't score. I think, I think that we have been worked out a bit and I think he needs to... To counter that, and one of the things that I think he should do is to to take away one of those three midfielders, you know, a Bakayoko or a Drinkwater. I like the idea of, Ch- of Fabregas playing because I think he creates stuff. But perhaps, you know, again, play it's, go back to the three-four-three in a sense. You know, play uh, William with Hazard behind Morata, for example, rather than you know three across the top. So you've kind of got two number tens behind Morata, and hopefully give him a bit more service. Tony, what do you think about that? I totally agree. We were talking at half time uh, of an hour pint um, about the fact that he should have took Bakayoko off, who I must admit is a massive disappointment at the moment. I'm not writing him off, but um, if you'd have had, I think, William on uh, or, or Pedro, someone because he's Hazard doing it all on his own, right? And, and uh, you know, it, it was by no means a block. It was, it was as far from being a blockbuster game as it could possibly be. However, uh, Leicester were... To my mind, and I said to this in the pub, they were the better side in the first half. Okay, um, they certainly looked more up for it. And what I noticed as well was, you know, like you said, every time one of our players got the ball, it was two or three of them on it. Yeah, straight away, straight on our player. 
and we never see and when we do do it when we have done it on occasions we've been fantastic and it gets the crowd going we see the effort we see everything else that's going on um and i i really think that conti i don't know whether he's, he's struggling whether he's biding his time whether the players are uh, you know, going through the motions because they simply think, you know, we've already given up on the league. I don't know how, if that's had any impact on it. Um, but I genuinely do agree that we could have, we could have been, just by taking back a yoke off and bringing William on and giving Hazard another outlet, another outlet from the back. You don't need Kante, Fabregas and Bakayoko. You just don't need that, in my view. Um, and we just need it to be a bit more forward about it. Like I said, um, I was. I, I actually went into the game. Uh, ex- you know, I don't. I don't. I don't know what it is. I, I. I really expect, but I certainly don't expect to sit there and watch a game of chess every time I go up there. And that seems to be what I'm getting at the moment. And I, I'll go back to what I said to you in the pub after Chidge Arsenalification. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, well, it's a worrying thought. I mean, you know, the other thing that I've picked up on, and actually, bizarrely enough, because uh, I've forgotten all about this, because it's a few weeks since I've had a look at all the emails, but we have got one on tonight. And I honestly, Alan, if you're listening, or Rootless Cosmo, or uh, Osgood score, uh, signed my broken leg, I don't know if he's in the house tonight, but uh, he's got into this in his email, which we'll get to you later. But uh, independently of that, honest gov, uh, and I wrote this in the article for Yahoo yesterday, the one thing that we are absolutely crying out for, and of course that we've never replaced and arguably is unreplaceable, is a midfielder who can pick the ball up from deep and arrive in the nick of time either to tap one in that comes off somebody else or wallop one in from about 15, 20 yards. And of course, that's Frank Lampard. Mm. But none of our midfielders carry that threat. Oh, I mean, hang on, hang know, on, no, just Bakayoko does. He can't hit a barn door right now, but he is repeatedly on the edge of the box or in the box picking up where he's followed the ball in. It's not totally absent. It's nowhere near the level of Frank Lampard, but he is, he's half, well, a third of the way there. He's getting there. Now he just needs to learn to shoot. I think that Frank Toner, Frank Toner, Frank Lampard's toenail <laughs> clippings are better than. Uh, oh, no, toenail. Yeah. You've got to give yeah. Bakayoko some credit because he is yeah, he's I'm, repeatedly I'm, I'm, getting in there. But I see what you're saying. He, he's not he's not doing what Lampard did yet. But I'm not. Like, look, Alex, Alex, Alex. I'm not digging out Bakayoko. No, I, I know. I, I ha, I, we're going we're going to go into him later. By the way, but you know. I think what I'm saying is we desperately need we 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 we've come accustomed to all of us for a long time a player like Frank Lampard and it's only when they've gone do you realize how much you miss them and that is what we're crying out for and actually the reality is is that you know Frank Lampard is not just a once in a generation <coughs> player he will probably he in, in 50 years time there will be people still saying that Frank Lampard's the best player to ever play for Chelsea so you know, I, I I would defy anybody to come in and try and do what he did. But the reality is, that's what we're missing. We yeah. just don't have a player who can do that at the moment. Um, I'm I'm going to move this on because we've got lots of uh, stuff to talk about in the Leicester game, obviously. Uh, and we're going to pick up on a lot of the themes that the, the boys and the girl have been mentioning. But uh, Tony and I were talking about this in the pub, Jonathan, after, after the match. Um, yes, it was bloody frustrating. Yes, it was bloody disappointing, you know, three nil-nil draws in a row. And I mean, you know, I was at the Arsenal game and I I, I sat, uh, I didn't sit in my own seat because I I got the ticket late and I ended up sitting uh, in the Matthew hiding up behind the goal and I thought, oh, great, it's a really great view here. It'd be brilliant for the goals. And of course, we didn't get any, so I went home miserable. Um, But uh, 
there is another side to this coin, which I think gets lost in all the disappointment about the fact that we can't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. And that is that, you know, we, we might not be scoring, but we're certainly not conceding. And in fact, I mean, we've only lost one match in 18 games. We're unbeaten in 10. Um, we're still in, as I said, you know, we're, we're, we're still in the top four. We're in the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, Champions League, you know. I know it's depressing everybody, but honestly, there is there is some perspective here. And actually, yeah, yeah. one thing that has been overlooked is the defence is looking very, very good. Um, and I mean, you know, I know it's very quick and easy to dig out Gary Cahill, but I thought before he got injured, he was playing really, really well. I mean, he t- made two superb blocks. Um, but I think the combinations that we have, whether it's uh, Rudiger, Cahill, Aspie, or Rudiger, Christensen, Aspie, or Cahill, Aspie, Christensen, I think we've got a very solid defence at the moment. Notice, Courtois, I'd add him in to the mix as well, Jonathan. I notice I, you've, you know, um, you've left we need Lu- to make a point of that. You've left Louise out there, haven't you, Chief? Well, only because he's hardly played, and I, I yeah. think that when he did play the other week, he looked very rusty. But I, I, I'm a good, I'm a big fan of Louise, as you know. As so, we know, well, we yeah, all are, Rudiger, we all are. But you know, yeah. uh, whether we see him again or not is going to be another thing, isn't it? Well, that's that, that's a moot point. It's, it's a moot point. point. The moot bottom line is. is yeah, but he doesn't figure is, at the moment. Def- he doesn't figure in that. Setup. Yeah, but defensively we're looking yeah. very, very well, solid, and because, I think that needs um, to be said, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, because Christensen is playing magnificently, and Dave is his usual uh, immaculate self. And uh, as you say, I thought Cahill had a very good uh, first. How many minutes it was? Fifteen minutes before he had a well, he had a, uh, a um, hamstring injury, didn't he? He he, he made a block yeah. down in front of me and Uchich that was well passed, didn't he? Brilliant. I mean, it was brilliant, wasn't it? I agree. Yeah. I agree. I have to say, I hate people having a go at him. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Is this the point where I get to go on all the moany nappy shitters that we seem to be absolutely surrounded I know we are completely... Well, the thing, the dilemma is, isn't it, with this whole (laughs) process of of being having three nil-nils, yes, is we've we've kept three clean sheets, but... um, I don't, we're not terribly used to this kind of perform this this series of it's almost underachieving with Chelsea over the last few years, um, and when this normally happens, there's doubt over the uh, the role of the manager if the team don't play very well. Um, we can see the reasons for it, and we get behind the team. We're going to talk about this later, and we don't boo, but uh, because we're 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 proper supporters, and as you say, um, Alex, the the ludicrous. The ludicrous nappy shitters on the on the internet, and also at the at the ground as well at Norwich. Apparently, it was just appalling. It was it? horrific. And do you know how you can horrific. spot them, Jonathan? Tell me. They've all clearly been watching Peaky Blinders and got far too <laughs> interested in it because it's all guys my age and younger that have gone out yeah. and bought a flat cap. That's generally how you spot them. They're like these the little is... congregations. Right, Alex, Peaky you're Blinders on... wannabe flat you're, caps. You're on dangerous ground there with me and Chidge, I'm afraid. No, no, no. And flat too. caps and are me fine. Too, I'm talking about guys my age and younger who never oh, wore right. one until they watched the TV okay. programme. Yeah, and yeah, now. Yeah. They were going around with like the three-quarter length coats and that, acting like they're little gangsters or whatever. And all they do is slag off the team and slag off the manager and slag off the other fans, telling you to sing up and stuff. And they're ruining everyone else's day out, basically. Norwich was horrific. Are they the same fans who sing We Hate Tottenham in uh, The Liquidator? Yeah, it is. Yep. It is the same. same, same, same. Yeah, but they they're taking the they're taking the club over a bit though. I'm finding. I'm, I'm afraid. Fine. Well, yeah, got cheering when Gary Cahill got taken off. Best thing that he's done all game. Asking the referee to send off Bakayoko. I know that was so bizarre, wasn't it? I know. I know. I had a small. I had a small thirteen-year-old child behind me shouting exactly the same thing at the uh, in the. Uh, 
um, in the in the prawn sandwich caviar seats the other day, and it turned yeah. out that he was uh, Michael Gove's son, who was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a little boy like that. He said, Bakayoko, Bakayoko, injure yourself, injure yourself. Not only that, but he oh, was wearing he was wearing a flat cap. He was wearing a flat cap. Yes, he like was. Yeah. Dear oh Lord, oh Lord. Where having to grow up with all of that noise? How has our club fallen to that? Dyer sent a photo yeah. of him round because he was walking behind him, and he is exactly what I'm talking about. The youthful, oh, peaky blinders wannabe who doesn't know they're born and doesn't remember when Chelsea were so shit they couldn't score in any game. One, one aspect you have to actually admire is they want they want the team to win every game by four or five goals, which you think, OK, fair enough. All right, that's aspirational. But it's not based in any kind of reality, is it? Of you know, any football. Of, of any football team. But you can almost see that if this is what they... It's like looking at the transfer market now, is that suddenly all these rumours going about and people saying, what has happened to Chelsea in that they're not going in for players? Um, in the, when it's all... We have no idea who Chelsea are in for. And yet you'd think, apparently now we're in for Carroll, absolutely. That's well, yeah. For let's, six months and you, we're going to get on for that. On. I know we're going to get on to that yeah, eventually, are, I know. But it's the same thing. It's it's still relevant, Chidge, because it's it's people oh, no, no, wanting totally. wanting no, things no, that no, are totally are in a kind of you would have, you you would have loved it on uh, on Saturday. There was this there was this there was a, he can only be described as a geezer. Okay, <laughs> sitting or not sitting, but standing behind me in gate seventeen, and this guy. I don't know how old he was, but he, he, he's, he was well over 60. I think he was probably pushing 70 maybe before that. He had absolutely not one hair on his head did he have. But he, he, he had cherry reds on. Uh, he had brand new Armani dark jeans, a cream-coloured Harrington, and he was brilliant. He was brilliant. The whole game, he stood up and he was going, fucking hell, every five minutes. <laughs> but, but fucking hell, he was going. It was just, I was in stitches. But he was giving it large support too. He was the loudest person in Gate 17. He was like giving his support. And we walked out together. And uh, as, just as we heard all the booze going on, by the way, oh. and, and he and I just looked at each other and said, oh, for God's sake, you know, you can't do that. And, and and we had a chat about it as we were walking out. And I said, the trouble is, mate, I said, you know, the fans, they're just, they've been spoiled rotten for 20 years, yeah. you know, and there's a massive amount of entitlement and they just can't hack it. And I said, you know, just imagine what they would have been like 30 to 40 years ago. He said, mate, try 50, you know, and he, but he was brilliant. And, he, and, and of course, being old school, he turned around, he said, nice to meet you, mate. Have a good one, you know. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of what football's all about. Uh, but yeah, I, I just agreed. thought, you know. It was awful. Listen, just a very quickie, because we really should move on from this part. But I want to ask, I wanna, I'm going to ask Tony this, actually. In fact, all of you, really, but Tony first. Um, you know, we can sit here and, you know, take the moral high ground and uh, not nappy shit and not be entitled and not be spoilt and all the rest of it. But the reality is, you know, even though, as I said, looking at the bigger picture, it ain't all that bad. Um but there is a feed, you know. I think we should never ever underestimate uh, the 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 emotions and the feelings and the intuition that we get. And there is a suspicion, I think, and even all of us would admit this, that something just doesn't feel right at Chelsea at the moment. I mean, is that fair to say, Tony? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think we've. I mean, we turned it on against Stoke, but Christ Almighty, that was Stoke. Right, and and most of us were joking at half time as to whether Mark Hughes would have a job at half time, let alone at the end of the game. Um, and, and you know when we think you, I, I go back to the last 
and I, I didn't even get to this game, but when we put in an absolutely terrific performance against Manchester United at, at Stamford Bridge, and we started, we looked the dogs bollocks that day. I argue against Arsenal the other week, actually, in, in a way where we really put up and should have won that game. Um, you know, if it just had someone had just done a fucking rosette at the About end. 6-2 um, we should have won that game. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I think it, there is, number one, I've noticed it seems to be more prevalent at Stamford Bridge. Uh, it does seem to be the fact that um, there's an expectation. I, I wonder whether Joe Tweeds has got a point about the whole conceding the league early, even though inside we all know that no one's going to catch City despite their, their defeat yesterday. Um, you know, going public with that, whether the players have got a little bit of that. There is also this thing, haven't we had about 14 games in so many days? or, or I can't remember what it is now. Um, and it has been a deliberately cramped up schedule. Now, I am never going to feel sorry for Spurs, but they had two games in 48 hours last week. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. they, so I wonder whether there's a little bit of, and I know you're going to go on to the tiredness in the next section, but there is something that isn't clicking. And and the more that game went on, and people will give it all a get behind the team. I agree. But the team have to give you something to get behind. And they didn't on Saturday. I looked at Hazard. Well, that is that you know that's a beautiful that's a beautiful place to kind of yeah. just hold it for one second, Tony, and have a quick break because that is the first thing I want to start with because I think I think what you what you're what you're alluding to is absolutely what we want to talk about in the next part. Yeah, yeah. Which is this this is not just one thing, is it? I think it's a conflation of a lot of things. But let's get let's get into that one uh, in in part two. Uh, and as I said, we're going to ask: Is tired being tired a good excuse? Why did have has it have a stinker? What happened with Courtois Gate? Uh, apparently, uh, Alex and the Blue Squirrel have hot news about that. And uh, as Jonathan was going on a minute ago about the transfer policy, uh, we want to talk about whether uh, it is evidence of flawed thinking. We'll be back with you in a second. Only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And we've been having a right old ding dong uh, in the lemon in our in our version of the lemon break, but we're all now nice and quiet. Thank you. Right, um, Tony was about to get into very much what we want to talk about in this part, which is something you know something not quite right at Chelsea. And you know, we, we kind of finished off part one by saying, well, it's, it's possibly more than one thing. Um, Tony, the first thing really was that uh, Conte, Antonio Conte, uh, made uh, the point uh, which you were making as well, in a sense, uh, in in the post-match presser, that that the players are all very tired. And yes, they have been playing a lot of games. And I think, you know, there is an element of truth to it, but I hate to hear it as an excuse. And just can, can we just run down a few of the... The, the few of the things that might be going on. If I if I do that first, and then we can all have a have a mm. natter about it. But there's the tiredness, of course. Uh, I've I've been reading somewhere. I think Jonathan was mentioning Joe Tweeds a minute ago. But uh, there's a I don't know if it was Joe who mentioned this. But you know, there's been a criticism uh, made of of Conte that perhaps the players are overtrained and overtacticked because they're they're playing like robots and uh, they they look like they're exhausted. 
Um, but that doesn't explain, or maybe that does explain their absolute inability to pass to each other. Um, you could throw in the idea that, you know, there's a lack of desire, which picks up on what Jonathan was saying about the fact that, you know, Conte kind of giving up on the league. Was it, I can't remember if it was Tony or Jonathan, but can, can anyway, I... you know, the, the, the idea that we've given up on the league and, you know, the desire goes. Perhaps Conte was right all along in the summer that, you know, if you don't buy enough players of quality and, and, and add depth to the squad, then this is going to be what happens when mm. you're trying to fight on all four fronts. And then, of course, there's the other one, which, which gets into what you boys and girls were saying about the transfer policy, which is if, if you do sell lots of good players over the last two or three years and you don't actually replace them, then this is what happens. So there's a lot in there, isn't there? But if you want to kind of carry on from where you left off, Tony, you go but, for it, my son. Well, I just... I, sorry, I do, sorry, 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 can I just say, say, can you remember, can I talk about the tiredness Thing because I just that's really something that I, I feel informed yeah, about totally, before before I know after Tony if we can get remember otherwise yeah, it yeah, might get no it problem. might get lost in the way things are going at the moment we might just right. no, no, past no so all I was going to say was about the I think there's a degree a uh, do I do think there's a degree of truth in the tiredness thing because um, but you know the clubs all knew that they were going to have a, a, a kind of compressed schedule over this period because of the World Cup. Okay, so we all knew that that was that that was going to happen. I happen to think it has got a little bit ridiculous, and I I now um, finally come out in favour of of, of of a break over the Christmas period, like everyone else does, because I think ultimately, as great as everybody says, you know, football at Christmas is Boxing Day. Well, I just think Boxing oh, Day was shit. It. If you if you can't if you can't drive to the game, you're fucked on Boxing Day, and I just think it can, it's contemptuous for fans, but. I do think that they look a bit tired. And there's an interesting point about overtrained and overtactic. Um, I do wonder whether or not, because of this extra set of games that we're playing uh, with the Champions League and everything like that, um, you know, we, we didn't have the depth of squad. Like we've all said, there's a few players that we let go that would have probably just made the squad look a bit better. There's a reluctance to use perhaps some of the youngsters at certain points to freshen things up. I'm not saying bring the kids on, play the kids or whatever I'm saying. You know, maybe just give one or two of them a chance. You know, 10 minutes ago against Leicester, would it have hurt so much to have bought, bought on, I don't know, someone like that hudson Doyle or something like that and just give them a, a go, you know, scare people a bit. But there is definitely, I don't think there's a lack of desire. I didn't see that in any of the players. I saw, for example, in Victor Moses, a complete lack of ability to go forward. That bloke was like Ray Wilkins, uh, he, he passed it constantly backwards. He didn't put a single cross in that I can recall. Uh, he was spooked by the Leicester, whatever player it was in front of me. This Sorry, Tony, time. until the formation changed. Well, uh, it's I two thirds of the game, but until the formation changed, I would agree with you 100%. Yeah, I just, he, he to me, and I know we've got a great record with him in the squad, but he looks, he looks. He looks too muscly for a start. He, he wouldn't take on the, the Arsenal fullback. What's his name? No. Um, Thingy Nile in the in the earlier game. He didn't once get past him. No, the one they call Mistake Land Niles. And, and yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Despite our despite our thrashing of Stoke, he failed every single time. I can't remember the guy's name now. He was out on the left for Stoke, but he didn't get past him once. And and I just you know maybe it's time. Perhaps we haven't got anyone else who can play in that position. But he he looks a bit lost. I I just think well, there just, is... just just sorry about sorry. Sorry to do what the others have done, but I'm, it's kind of like chairman's privilege in a way, isn't it, Tony? But I think that's a really good point about uh, about Moses in particular. Um, I, I, I'm a fan of uh, Alonso. I think he's a very, very good player and been one of our best this season. Although I will admit that he is not perhaps the best wing back in the world. I mean, it, it seems to me that we've got one wing back, Moses, who can't cross. 
and one <laughs> wing back Alonso who won't cross. Course, yeah. But either way, the bottom line is is that last season it was a, it was a patch up job. Uh, to suit what he needed to do last season. And actually, it worked very well in playing yeah. two players who aren't really wing-backs in that position. But actually, this season, for reasons that I don't know, because I'm not paid millions of pounds every year and I don't have my coaching badges, but clearly it's not. Because as, as Jonathan and you have both said, uh, you know, and I agree with you, Moses, he never, he very rarely takes on a player. You know, he he finds it really hard to take on and beat a player. And, I mean, surely that's a minimum requirement of a wing-back, let alone putting a decent ball into the box. Well, once Sorry. A, once again, the Bournemouth game, the Bournemouth winger, what's his name, uh, um, Jordan Ibe, took him on every, uh, Maitland-Nars every time and beat him every time. And so what yeah. Moses was doing in the Arsenal game was, was, was beyond me. Can I just say this business about tiredness? Yeah, tiredness. yeah definitely. I actually think that it's not an excuse and ought not to be an excuse. They have abundant numbers of nutritionists and nutritionists and um, uh, trainers and people analyzing their blood and culinary experts and they're young, fit men who... Recover. Um, I, lo- I love um, the way you said that, Jonathan. I love the way they're young, fit. I men. almost said in tight shorts, <laughs> marching, <laughs> marching with bayonets. No, I didn't. Um, I wanted to say that, but they're they are they're unbelievably fit. And but you've got to say as well that they're yeah. not being asked to do anything that every other team isn't being. Asked indeed, to do. indeed, as well. So this saying they're tired. It's, it's I had a chat with my, my um uh the, the guy I, who. who trains me at this gym I go to, um, one of the fitness guys there. And he said today, he's a Chelsea fan. He's in complete, this fact that Conti has mentioned tiredness, he just doesn't get it. Because he says, you know, he said, I, I, I train people. If they're really, really fit, it becomes, you can play in two days without any problem whatsoever at the same level. He said, particularly since they're all finely honed um, professional athletes. He said that should be absolutely not a problem at all. So he said it's absurd. And he similarly said there's something else going on there. And he knows nothing about anything. You know. So, Chiv- uh, Chiverton's uh, made the point in the thing as well. Are we talking about mental tiredness as opposed to physical tiredness? Ah, well, even, I, I think even then they've got a psychologist, I mean, haven't that, they? That's the, that's, the kind of point, that's the kind of point I was making about being over-tactic and over-trained. Yeah, yeah. It's not the physical issue. It's the mental issue. When they're trying to... I mean, look... I don't know. We None of us really know, but no. we can only go based on what we see. And what we see is a manager on the touchline calling every move in that game. So you, uh, we, we can imagine that perhaps in training, he's so detailed with his instructions <coughs> about what he wants them to do. You know, and remember, these are these are footballers. They're not bloody nuclear physicists. So maybe it's all a bit too much. And mentally, they're shot. Mentally, they're tired. He does maybe, run maybe that's what it is. ridiculously hard in training and in, in terms of what he asks of them. Like, there's been a couple of players that have left, haven't there, that have said they've never been so relentlessly, like, beaten into the ground, basically, by a manager. I thought that's what we wanted, though. Well, you know, I, I, sorry, Tony, go on. I thought that's what we wanted. I thought we oh, wanted yeah. a manager who was going to be the boss, who was going to be 
the Alex Ferguson type character, do as I do or fuck off somewhere else. Yeah. And at the moment, I'm just getting an, an undercurrent of, from the fans as well now saying, oh, you know, he's not this, he's not. He won us the fucking league last year. It's no wonder yeah, the press, right. no wonder the press pick up on the fucking fans. If the fans are going to start saying we want somebody else, well, I've, I've had an argument with somebody last week. He said we should go and get Brendan Sa- Rogers, Sarri mate. from fucking Napoli. Who? <laughs> Who? Can I can I read that thing out? No, no, Brendan Rogers. Brendan Rogers was the one this well, week. That, well, yeah. Going on Twitter, Brendan Rogers. Fuck off. That's yeah. right. I love that. I love Sorry. that. It was a Twitter response. All it said was just fuck off, and you just gave the picture. It ain't a democracy, and the club will go and pick who they want, and they probably would do something like that, lest we forget Avram fucking Grant or whatever, you know. Oh, but I just, meters. yeah. I, I mean, I just think when it, the fans never going to have a say in it, or whatever. But that man is. Alex herself said this is really his season one. He, did, he busted every fucking expectation you could possibly have last season because none of us expected to win the fucking league uh, and, and get very close, to, you know, to a double, right? Okay. This season, he's he, he's really finding out what the Premiership is like and what it's like when you've got the added layer of the, uh, the, the Champions League on top and progressing in other competitions and the fucking three games a week or whatever. And the players themselves, who didn't have that last year, are finding that out. So, you know, I don't I, I don't agree with you, Jonathan, that they won't get physically tired because I think everybody does. But I think the mental tiredness can cause the physical symptoms of that. Uh, and that may be from overtaxed and overtrained. But I want that. I want a bloke who gives a fuck. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want okay. someone... Fair point. I don't want someone Fair sat point. on the bench with a waxy, pea-sized heart who fucking ticks a clipboard when we score a goal. I want somebody who's... No, 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 mate, 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 mate. Okay, 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 yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> you know, it was just really... I'm not digging out Conte, who no, I, I love no, I, with, just... with, a, with a passion, but <laughs> I just felt, you know, it could be a contributory factor to the mental tiredness. Um, but really, that kind of goes back to what I, I, I finished up with on that bit about chickens coming home to roost. I mean, you know, Conte is no idiot. He is a very, very, very good manager who we are lucky to have. And he pointed out all summer, we do not have enough quality players to make a challenge on all four fronts. And I mean, you know, the the case in point, in a sense, with that was that the opportunity, I mean, the, the Norwich game. Uh, he played what I would call the B team, if you like. I mean, seven of the first team were rested, so you all know who he really thinks are any, is any good. I would suggest that the four players that he did play from the from the first team are, are, are not quite as good as he thinks they should be, um, and they were terrible. Uh, you know, the the alternative, perhaps, if there is a criticism to be to, could be levelled at him, is that maybe he could have put the you know any any well, there are four or five of the youth team. Uh, or, or academy products on the bench. Maybe he could have started with them, and if it had gone tits up, brought some of the more experienced players on. But the re- reality is, is that I think that Tony Tony Conte <laughs> thinks that we've only got about eight decent players. That's what I get from that. So clearly, we're short of men, we're short of quality, and we're short of depth. And is that his fault? I would say no, it isn't. Agreed. I'd like him to be a little bit less publicly negative about those issues, though. That's the only thing I'll say. I don't say I agree with you, but I'd like him to talk about it in press conferences and to anyone that will listen less. Well, perhaps, Alex, when he says in the press conferences, the squad are tired, the squad are tired, what he really means is... When is he an Indian? But he, can't, <laughs> but he can't, but he can't... Very good. Actually, it was, he was, he's from Wales, isn't he? Uh, but the reality is, when he says, when he says that they're shit, when, when he says that they're tired, 
what he really means is that I think half of them are shit. But he, he can't go do. in a, you know, you, you have to play the game, Alex. You can't go up into a press conference if you actually think that half of your squad are shit and say, well, actually, the reason we lost is because half the team is shit. Well, it doesn't work no, like that's that. fair to an extent, but it's getting increasingly emotionally incontinent in public. And it's, I'll just say it's getting on my nerves. I don't in, know. Incontinent. Well, I think, can I say, I think he's becoming more and more um, emotionally incontinent the more he understands English. Because if you look at any of those um, mm. YouTube versions of him uh, talking in Italian about when he was being accused of fixing matches, he's very loquacious and very, very passionate in a way that he's never mm. um, shown to us. Mm. Um, whilst his, Eng- well, whilst his English, thing. exactly, whilst his English hasn't been very good, the more his English has improved, the more we're seeing this side of him. And the whole Mourinho thing has been, uh, you know, he's he's got a he's got a grudge. And he can bear grudges, which we would never have got last yeah. year because his English was so thought out and poor. But you, you have to just have a look, go on YouTube and look at those that him defending himself against being accused of being uh, of fixing matches. And there's a, a highly loquacious, um, charged human being, individual who we haven't seen, who I think we're, we're slowly being revealed to us the more his, his English improves. Slowly driving Steve Atkins oh. slightly mad as well when he tries to shut him down in yeah. press conferences. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, yeah. well, you know, I, I mean, you know, much as I, I like to deride uh, my chums in the, in the, in the press, I, I watched Sunday Supplement this weekend and they actually had Dom Fifield on, who is who is a lovely guy and very very good it's and does Guardian, know Chelsea. He's the Guardian, isn't he? And, yeah, he is. That's right. And and he was saying that uh, there's a sense, perhaps, and and Paul. The reason I bring this in is that Paul Crowder's mentioned this on Mixler. But there is a, a growing feeling, uh, you know, everywhere really, and I think with some of the supporters too, that Conte will most likely not be there uh, come the summer. Yeah. And 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 Do- and Don was making the point that, act- and this this kind of goes into what you're saying about his behaviour in the press conferences recently. That he just doesn't give a shit anymore. Mm. He knows he's going to go, so he's going to say how he feels, you know. And actually, one can understand that, you know. Can I? Can um, I, uh, I personally would think, so, yeah, yeah, go on. Actually, can I just just, just yeah, finish the point, John? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be a real, real shame. And you know, I mean, this is almost we could do a whole show on this about why it's a shame. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I think it'd be a real shame to lose him because I think he's a great guy and, and a fantastic manager. Anyway, sorry, go on. No, no, I'm just going to back you up and saying that we've just talked about this before. This is the consensus is that he is on his way. And uh, um, and also, here's an awful thing to say. Um, uh, uh, Hazard is on his way. That's the other rumour that was absolutely pinging well, I'm around. I'm glad you brought that in because it's about time we talked about Hazard. But anyway, carry on for a sec. No, it's just, that was it. Was that the reason that he didn't uh, right. didn't play very well on the weekend is because he didn't want to get oh, right. he didn't want to get injured. No, Blue well, well, Squirrel well, would say you were okay, wrong well, on that. that decision. It was really okay. Blue yeah, Squirrel would say that. that's interesting. Not made yet, but okay. prepare okay. yourself to lose him. But the decision isn't made yet. Okay, but it, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's right. because well, his, his agent apparently has been uh, touting him around. And that's one of the reasons. That's, well, that's his dad. That, indeed, that's what was. Um, yeah, but it's, nonetheless, it's still his agent. That was what uh, I know. That's that was the rumor that was being touted where, uh, in Aussies where I where I sit. Um, well, there's rumor and rumor and rumor. No, rumor I know, as we know, and I will be called. I've been called yeah. out about the, rumor in one of the emails. But yeah, but. But that, 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 that's not the point. The point is that none of us actually know. No, no, no none of us do. Happening. None of us do. But, but if, we, can only, if, we, can only go, we can only go on what we see in front of us. And, and I did want to talk about this because I think Hazard had an absolute stinker on Saturday. And I think that Conte was absolutely right to take him off on, on 58 minutes. 
Uh, and I did wonder, you know, because I do love Hazard. He's a superb player and, I, and I'd love him to stay at the club for as long as we p- can possibly have him. But it, it kind of made me wonder. I wonder if he was fully fit. I wonder if he's carrying an injury because he got a few kicks against Arsenal in midweek. Uh, the other thing, Jonathan, just to kind of substantiate what you were saying, is that I do remember, I, I, you would have seen this because it was over, it was near you, but he absolutely pulled out of a 50-50 challenge. Yeah. And at the time, I, at the time, I thought, hmm, that's a bit iffy. You know, if is he carrying an injury, so he doesn't want it to get worse, or what? Well, you know, well but the media that happened, unusually for him, he the media that happened, unusually the, for him, yeah. he had an absolute stinker. Sorry, so you say, sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, I was just saying, unusually yeah. for him, he had an absolute stinker because you know, to yeah. be fair, you know, the the worst accusation you can throw at Hazard is that. You know he's a bit. He disappears in a few games, but he he actually had a stinker. I mean, everything he tried went went to shit. Didn't well, I don't it? think that, he that, was that, that 50, bad. 50 moment. No, that, I'm I'm with Alex on this that, one. That fifty fifty well, moment that occurred. The bloke behind me said, "He's on his way. He's out. He doesn't oh, want to get injured. He's on his way." Sake, I, I've got to jump in here. I've got to jump. What I saw from Hazard was the typical fox on the run type plays that he does all the time all the time what wasn't working was the layoff or the pass at the end then he got mm. hit in a tackle about 20 minutes into the first half right. he, he limped he hobbled back right or hobbled tried to hobble back right. to the pitch or whatever and at that point i said to attilio next to me i said he's fucking injured look at him i said he's not I, right yeah in, i have agree with tony as well and say that I honestly think that if you're looking at Hazard or what he's doing wasn't working on Saturday, it was because, and I know you've got this in the script later, it was the wrong formation and he's isolated when it's him and Morata up front and he's doing his flicks and he's doing his passes and there's no one there to get him because he's not surrounded. They need to be at least two of William Hazard and Pedro on for us to, to flow and for Hazard to do his thing. And that was never well, going to happen. Without... without... Without going over the old ground, because you know I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. I, I'm I'm more intrigued by what Tony said, actually, because, you know, to be honest, I, I, look, he had a stinker in my view. That's my opinion. I was there. I saw the game, and that's how I called it. But I do, and and am prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt, because I did actually wonder at the same time, I wonder if he's taken a knock. I wonder if he's carrying a knock from the game against Arsenal, or, mm. as Tony said, got clattered. And, and that would explain it. Um, which is a shame. I mean, you know, look, let, let, again, we could do a whole programme on, on whether, whether Hazard's going to stay or go. I, the reality is we won't know until we know, I'm afraid. But frankly, you know, I, I pay my money to go and see great players like that play. And, and I, I will be very, very sad the day that he goes uh, and leaves the club. But there you go. Look, let's move this on. I just want to have a very quick chat about uh, A, Courtois gate and, uh, and, and and some flawed thinking with transfers, it being that the rumours are that we're going to get a donkey very soon. Um, but first of all, uh, Cour- Courtois. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. A, a donkey who has been known to pull the odd caravan. That's a clue. If ever there was one. Um, first of all, though, uh, Courtois, uh, you know, basically had a go at the supporters' uh in the in the post match presser, which is never a, a very shrewd thing to do if you're a football player, um, but he said that the crowd were booing misplaced passes. He's got back. He must have very 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 acute hearing, Tony, because there were lots of groans, but the groans are a bit different from downright boos. But you know, I do know from DJ uh, who sits at the front of uh, the Matthew Harding Lower that there were people coating off back of Yoko left, right, and centre. Um, in a sense, you know, I'd be more troubled by the booing after the match, um, which yeah. he didn't mention, which I thought was a bit weird. I mean, the first question really time. is, you know, was 
Yeah, and at half-time, a little bit at half-time. I mean, you know, the bottom line is, was he right to criticise? Is, is he entitled to have a go? I mean, personally, I think he is, actually, but that's that's just me, maybe. Well, you know, football fans, and I, I, I don't get it, they spend the fucking game coating off players, booing, or not booing, maybe, but slagging off and moaning and groaning or whatever. Player gives them a go back as a dig back at them, and they all go all fucking sensitive. They all turn into fucking, I don't know, yeah, Mr. Mr. Humphreys out of fucking I being served. It's like they're offended. I'm free. Yeah, they're offended by the very fact that someone had the gall to turn around and say, shut up, you miserable moaning fucks. And I'm I'm one of those. If I have a go at a player, I was one of the few at the time when Canton knocked that geezer flying, but he fucking deserved it. And uh, I just yeah, think, actually, enough. at the end of the day, we're all a little bit stupid. I mean, I agree on one thing. We're the only people that pay to go in the ground okay and we're entitled to our say i don't like booing i think it's completely uncalled for i think it's usually done for uh, done by a, a, a group of people who are fucking sat on their fifa playstations winning games five nil uh, or whatever they have a right to boo i, I don't personally like it i think it, it's counterproductive or whatever but i think courtois uh, and every player has a right to criticise if the fans are getting on their back. Having said that, they have a responsibility, as I said earlier, to give us something to fucking cheer about. OK, um, and uh, and when you see, you know, the, the misplaced passes, I think he was right. Did he get a clump after the match? I think that's been proven to be utter shite, hasn't it? I think, um, uh, yeah, another... Well, Alex knows. Another load of rumour mongering bollocks, I thought it had been, but... Um, oh, Courtois himself says no one here. Yeah, so I but think... But there was, it did, and Chidge and I both used the word, jostling may have been involved. And in my opinion, you don't have a right to put a hand on a player. They're not no. your property. Um, no. I, I, this brilliant time when I saw this, this woman mugging off Mikel all the way from Wimbledon to uh, Fulham Broadway. And the reason she gave for hating him was because she saw him once coming out of the stadium and she wanted his autograph. So she grabbed him by the arm. And at this point, I'm thinking I would have told you to as well and, and I said to him you've got to sign my thing and he was going let go of me and I was thinking you're an arsehole and I'm like yeah I think I know who the arsehole is yeah you don't have a right to put a hand on a player in this and jostling but Courtois himself has said no one hit him yeah I, I heard that I'm going to say I, the rumour that we heard was that he would just um, somebody knocked into him accidentally and well, he it was all to do with people crowding around him and asking to do photos yeah. and wanting yeah. to get to his and that was it. It was just completely made up. It's been yeah. amounted. Nothing happened at all. And somebody apologised to him, and that was the end of that. And somebody then it came out, and, and that was the That's end of that. It's all a bit. It's all a bit. It's all a bit unsavoury at the end of the but day. And, and I don't blame them for a minute. But I mean, here's the thing: from a psychotherapist's point of view, this is the trouble with people that are perceived as celebrities. That they become objects. You know, that yeah. people forget that they're human beings. Mm. And if you, you know, if you've got some shitty little twat trying to grapple you and demanding that you sign their piece of paper, you know, I, I would have the hump. But I mean, you know, there's a way to do it. Yeah. You just, you, you know, be humble, be nice. Say, would you mind? You know, because it, it is an imposition. We don't own these people. They're human beings. So I find it all rather <laughs> unsavory. Um, g- going back to, to, the, to the booing, as we were... Um, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I, I saw a lot of lot of reaction on Twitter after the game, and you know the, the the assumption often is, oh well, they're young, they're just kids. It's all FIFA eighteen. They're they're all you know self entitled and spoiled. But actually, that's absolute arse. I mean, I heard a lot of the booing uh, on Saturday from the Matty Harding upper, and I'm telling you now, the I mean, look, number one, the average age of season ticket holder at Stamford Bridge is fifty five. 
And I mean, it's probably about 85 in the Matthew Harding up. No, I'm only joking. But the bottom, the bottom line Careful. is... The bottom line... Uh, Tony sits there, I sit there. What is the average age of the people around oh, us, yeah, Tony? Is, uh, it, it isn't, we're not talking... There's, there's no teenage rampage going on around us, that's for sure. No. So the, so, so the chances are that a lot of the people who were booing on Saturday are our age, right? Yes. <laughs> Sadly. Yes. And you would therefore assume that people who are in their mid-50s were definitely, most definitely there when we were shit. So which bit do they not get? <laughs> That's what I can't understand. That's, you know, it's a great think, logic argument there, that, isn't what, it? Uh, You know, if they think that what they were watching on Saturday was shit, <laughs> this goes back to what I said in the intro. I mean, they surely they must remember watching, you know, being at Stamford Bridge and, and, and watching us fail to score in 12 out of 13 games. That's what I don't understand, yeah. because the reality is it's not just the young kids. No. It's not the Johnny-come-latelys. A lot of the people that were booing have been there for as long as we all have. So I don't get that. Anyway, let's move this on. We've got five minutes. I just want to do a quick thing on the old transfers and the floor thinking. And the, I think a lot of, I mean, you know, Baki Yoko, bless his heart. I mean, Alex did a stout defence of him earlier on, and, and, I, and, I, and I applaud her for that. And you know, I've been sticking up for him too. He's young, but you know, for what one reason or another, he's finding it hard to adapt to the Premier League. Um, he's he looks a bit out of his depth. Frank Lampard, you know, tore him apart on match of the day, uh, and clearly he's suffering from a massive drop in confidence. Um, and we spent thirty million on him. Uh, and the, here's the thing: this is why I'm wondering whether Chelsea's thinking is is somewhat flawed, uh, because. You know, we've hired Bakayoko. Okay, he could have been fantastic and the, and it would have all been a great buy. And, of course, there's an element of risk with anybody that you buy. But, you know, we've sent Loftus-Cheek out on loan. And please don't, I mean, tell me, you know, would, would Loftus-Cheek do a worse or a better job than Bakayoko at the moment? Uh, who wants that one? Jonathan. You, I know you, I know uh, you hate back. Give it to me. Cheeks, so it's probably the Do it. I'll give it to you then. All right, Alex. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. <laughs> give him a break. Seriously. You were, wait, if you're looking at the beginning of the season, you were looking... No, well, hang on, hang on. If you're going to answer it, answer the fucking question, which was, you who, you know, who would you rather have? Back of Yoko or Loftus-Cheek? That's the question. Let me finish. You're going to shut up? <laughs> okay, what I'm saying is if you're Chelsea at the beginning of the season, you're looking at Loftus-Cheek, who has struggled to break in the first team, and you're looking at Bakayoko, who's done a blinder for Monaco the season before, I can see why they made the decision they did. Correct. I agree. Mm. Also, he's he's vanished a bit at Palace, hasn't he? Yeah. He's not playing in the first team. Oh, is he not? No, he no, got injured, we've... and then he hasn't made his way back in again. They loved him. At the point when we first played them this season, they loved him, didn't they? That was yeah. a big deal that they couldn't... It'll do him good, but Bakayoko, he hasn't... I don't think he's been as bad as people have said. He has got the shooting ability of John Obi Mikel, <laughs> and he does need to fucking sort that out from the start, right? <laughs> so okay, he's, he's come straight out of the John Obi Mikel kid school for kids who don't shoot good. And other things. I think he, but I, you know, you don't. He's he will come good, and when he comes good, I think he will be a beast. Oh, um, some, we're, we're just a bit too. Not I don't talk about us, but I think as a as a crowd in general, um, we're a bit too judgmental, and we want to get rid of people within three games of them not being great. And um, you know, Hazard has three games on the bounce, and you'll see him all over Twitter going, "Get rid of him. He's fucking hopeless. Cash in on him." And you know, shut I'll up. I'll just say Ramirez. First six months, seven exactly. months. Exactly. Ramirez. I wanted to smother him myself. But not in that way. No. I saved that for Dan. I mean, look, it's a, 
it's a good point. It's a very good point. And, and you know, Bakayoko won't be the first, and I'm sure he won't be the last player that we buy who takes a while to adapt to the Premier League, which is what I think I said earlier on. But I'm just thinking, you know, it, it, given... Okay, maybe I was a bit... Uh, I didn't kind of tell you what I was really thinking, which maybe I should have done, but I'm kind of putting it into the context of the fact that... Um, we are no longer, it seems to me, as a club, going out and buying marquee players. You know, we're not going out for the best players in the world. We're not prepared to pay that money. Uh, or there are other clubs that have more money and are stupid enough to do that. We have this much vaunted academy with great young players coming through. From what we understand, Roman really wants this to work and he wants young. So, given all of that, you know, why, why buy, why buy, you know, an untried, relatively young player like Bakayoko, and, and I hate to single him out, Alex, yeah, yeah. because I I, I I agree with you nearly on everything you say about him, but he is a good example. Why spend 30 million quid on a player who's not much older than Loftus-Cheek and then farm Loftus-Cheek out on low? It's like they're Why, trying to you know, find the next big thing before they cost the earth, is what... And like. Don't even get me started on the fact that we That's have spotted point. people like Salah. We have spotted De Bruyne. We have spotted these people, and then we've got them to the club, and then we've not fucking kept them. That's a whole yeah. different issue. But it's all about trying to find. I mean, you're looking at Bakayoko, and you're thinking, ignore the age thing for a second. You're thinking he's at least two years further on than Loftus-Cheek in terms of his career after what he's done at Monaco. Um, and obviously, he hasn't settled as, as much as we hoped he would quickly. Um, I think Rudiger's settled a lot quicker and Bakayoko and doesn't get the credit that he probably deserves for actually just coming in with minimum of fuss and doing quite well. Um, but it's the reason they're doing it is because they're thinking, if we don't buy this kid now, all our rivals are going for him as well. And he carries on like this. He's going to cost like 80 million in two windows time. And it's just like, it's gambling is what it is. It's a gamble. All right. Can't argue with that, Alex. I've got to say, that's a very, very well-made point. Um, so please explain to me uh, Andy Carroll, then. Fuck off. Anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said I'd Jonathan, rather... What, what did you... I say? I'd rather headbutt a mace repeatedly on the block. <laughs> Just fuck <laughs> off. Yeah, but who's... Isn't it made up? Isn't it made no, up, guys? Isn't well, it just bollocks? I don't know. Who's I, made, I, I who, don't know. Where did they Blue's, come up with this? Has I've anybody said it? No, this is... No. not give you any definitive but, yes. But it's any. awful. I think it's awful, nonetheless, that, that everybody else is in for Sanchez. And I know the trouble is he's £300,000 a week, isn't he? So Chelsea are unlikely to uh, to buy him. But everybody else is in for you know much, more, much better expensive players. And somehow we've been tainted by being in for somebody who's permanently injured... And all he can appear to do is just is leap above people and head the ball. But if you look at their their logic, the people making this shit up, is that that's yeah. what Morata has done to score all of the goals that he scored. And they're looking at going, oh, yeah, Chelsea could do with just a meathead up front that when their plan A doesn't work, they just bring him on for the last but, 15 but, minutes but is, is and he just bullies people. Is Conte likely to have a game where, where you just boot the ball up the pitch to the centre No, forward? which is, that is why it's got to be bollocks. And that's plus, why it must my be nerves shit. just can't take it if it's not yeah. bollocks. Yeah. But then what happens, of course, is that Twitter says, oh, my God, look at Chelsea's aspirations. They are, they are after Carroll. What's happened to the club? And you think, hang on, this is something that somebody's made up here. Oh, and you're now I, I, the club I at the consequence. 
it's, it's, it's parallels with Boris Johnson when he worked for the Telegraph sitting in Brussels making up a load of bollocks laws about uh, the EU and bent bananas, which which was come from him. Yeah. And people fucking believed it. They wrote it. They wrote, they wrote these things and to see how many people would pick up on it. And that's exactly what's happening here. It, it, there's someone somewhere. It, it goes back to that thing about Courtois getting lumped. One person walks out and says, oh, I think I saw him get hit. Before you know it, that Chinese whisperer has got round. You know, but the next thing you know, he's in the room, ring with Anthony Joshua. It's ridiculous. It's just getting well, blown out. Well, it's, it's, for, it's, 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 all, it's just got out of hand. I, 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 I totally agree. And I don't think Andy Carroll is as fucking bad as people make out. And maybe you do want a meathead every now and then. Um, but I just don't think I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think. Um, I don't think Moyes will want to sell him. I, I think that, or even let him go. I think we. You know, we, just because we've been quiet as well, Jonathan, this is a great point. Yeah. Just because we've been quiet, people assume nothing is happening. So you get all of the Twitter art, you get in on there and they go, oh, fuck me, we're not going to buy sandwiches, we're not going to do... Well, you don't know. And also, there is a big question about how many really good, useful players can be available in January. I think we've probably got one with Ross Barkley spot the bargain there, okay, for 15 million, which we, you know, the shit or bust, really. I mean, we, we could gain loads out of that and do really well. Also, um, as well, don't forget, because he hasn't played, he's still eligible in four competitions. There's no exactly. point spending money on the decent players because you can't fucking use them. Exactly. So I, I just think it's all a bit, you know, I, I, I look at it and think we, we bought two the two greatest players we ever bought in January, uh, Nicholas and Elka and uh, uh, Br- um, Branners, you know, Branislav Ivanovic. And they were uh, gambles. They were gambles. And, and Ivanovic didn't get a game for about three months because I thought he was like a badger, you know, like yeah. I, I, I have a theory that badgers are made up creatures. No one's ever fucking seen one live. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you only ever see him dead on the side and someone's painted a white stripe down the back. So I just think all that. But I was proved wrong. I think in this particular case, something will be happening. And it's intriguing because I think it was, is it today that our new CEO took over? So maybe they've just been sitting back waiting for this guy to come in and see whether or not. We, we make a move for something. Who knows what's going on? I do get fucked off, like Jonathan, with these people who just make things up. Before you know it, it's all over Twitter. I think Andy Carroll is made up. It's yes. like um, it's like you say. So these people, they read one story in the press who have got to fill their pages, even if there is no news. So they will make shit up. And like in, in one day, in the Daily Fail, you'll be categorically guarantee that Eden Hazard is leaving and then three articles down they will guarantee you that he's not going anywhere because he's told some person he never fucking met before at the basketball that he's not <laughs> going to leave Chelsea and they're swearing blind they're both right they report everything possible and then one comes off and they tell you oh yeah Daily Mail was right again at that and yet people cling to these stories like there's actually substance behind them lunacy yeah <laughs> Well, indeed it is. But I mean, you know, uh, uh, look, who knows? I mean, I think I think the salient point in this is that you cannot believe anything you see or read or hear until it actually happens. But uh, And also so, the salient I mean, example, point as well we, we, is please God no with Andy Carroll. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, I, 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 happen to th- I happen to think that there's, it's pointless paying a lot of money for Andy Carroll. He's too old. We, we, he's not really going to be part of the long-term plans, and he's very, very injury prone. He's, he's, he's still a bit of a help. Everything else. And, I mean, does Con- does Conte really want him? You know, is he a Conte player? A... Is Conte choosing the players? Is the board choosing the players? I tell you what. Just to finish off uh, uh, on, on that, um, Tony, before you, uh, you you come back at me. Um, you know, we. I think 
we can all sit here. We could sit here for the next 10 minutes. We could do a whole part on who we think we should go and buy right now. And I think at the top of a lot of people's lists, if we want a striker who's not, who is able to play, who is eligible to play in the Champions League, who has played in uh, Champions League football before, would be Jamie Vardy. Yes. Right? Yeah. 100%. Okay. Mares put in a brilliant performance yesterday. We Did. could do with another player like him, yeah. probably. But I mean, let's definitely Jamie Vardy. Sanchez, fuck off. Sanchez, again, wrong age for Chelsea. Wants three, four hundred grand a week which would trump hazard which is going to make him yeah, miserable yeah. he's not a team player yeah. he's trouble all the rest of it yeah. there are a million reasons why you don't want so he looks unfit as well at the moment he has a moody a moody every other week but the bottom line is we could talk about this if the cows come home but until they actually turn up and have the Chelsea shirt on, it's it's all just rumour and speculation, and therefore a bit of a waste of breath. Although I do understand that it gets lots of clicks. Yes, I, I do. Know what it's they clickbait. Are. That's all it is. But yeah. there we go. Well, I think yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I think Vardy. I think he would want. Uh, he would be so so desperate to to um, impress. He would want a piece of the action every single week, and he would be. He's a great player. He's a and really he's a, great he's, player. He's, he's, he's a to me. He's a Jermaine Defoe. He's not the most spectacular, but fuck me, put him in front of a goal. You know, he, he'll score. Never stop running. Unbelievably right. speedy. And, step, and, toe, um, step toe or not. Alex, yeah. I oh, I'm saying nothing because I think he's a rat-faced little cheat. So I'm. Just he is. He nothing. is. But nonetheless, he has. He has. Um, Huge, You're saying you'd like him if you... He huge your desire. Huge team. desire. He's a, um, works unbelievably hard and he's very skillful. And uh, he's mm. to me, he's a, he is a nasty piece of work, but he's a top, top player. He really yeah. is. Indeed. Right, on that, on that very, very considered point, J.K., I have to say, we're going to move on uh, to part three. We're going to have a look at uh, this issue about the stadium, uh, which has been kicking around. I'm going to try and find out if, uh, if, if that's been resolved, because I know Ollie Harbaugh was at the meeting tonight. So during the break, I'll have a quick look on uh, Twitter and find out. Um, we're also going to have a chat about the VAR system that was used in the Carabao Cup semi-final last week, because I know Alex is a huge fan. <laughs> and uh, then, then we're going to... And then we're going to have a quick chat about another uh, a hobby horse of mine, which is Chelsea fleecing their fans for a tie that nobody wanted, which is uh, Wednesday's replay against uh, Norwich. Oh, I've got something to say about that. For which, for which we're having to pay 30 quid. So yeah. there's a bit of an interesting thing. And then there'll be the usual supporters trust CPO type stuff as well. And then in part four, we've got loads and loads of emails, which I can't wait for. So we'll be back in a sec. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. 
Oh, wow, great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. You're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, goodness gracious me, we're already in part three, but I've got uh, the lovely Jonathan Kidd, as always, with me tonight. Uh, the very uh, erudite Mr. Tony Glover. Uh, who's going to change his name by default to Andy Carroll. And then you can't slag him off. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we have Andy Carroll's wife, Alex Churchill. Oh, well. oh he's Bertie. Lucky, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and Bertie. You can fuck right off. And we've got loads and loads of people. We've got loads of people from Mixler in the house tonight. Include, we have a legend in the house tonight. We do. Pray silence for a legend in the house. Mr. Walter Otten, no less. <laughs> He can fuck off as well because he just called me Delia Smith. (laughs) (laughs) That's why he's a legend, mate. Well, Glover's just been called Keith Floyd, so... I'd I'd be happy with that. It's great to see see him in in, in Mixter as it is. Great to see so many of you in there as well. Now, the first thing we want to pick up on is... uh, uh, Because a bit for Aurora last week, um, you know, which is the... uh, the possible delay uh, of, of the redevelopment of Stamford Bridge as a result of uh, the family who live in Stamford Cottages uh, putting in an objection and, in fact, got a high court injunction out uh, because they were potentially losing their their right to light. Or as Chelsea, the band, said, we got a right to work in the punk <laughs> days, but they wanted their right to light. Uh, but anyway, the, the bottom line is, is that there was a council meeting tonight uh, where they were going to vote on it, and without getting into the, the, the nitty-gritty of it, basically it all kind of uh, revol- resol- revolves around the idea that uh, the council, who of course have already agreed to give planning permission to this, and the mayor of course has agreed that it can go ahead too, but um, they can apparently uh, acquire the uh, air rights above the properties, uh, which means that the development can go ahead. Now, I can read you this out because the wonderful Ollie Harbord, who was going to uh, actually be on tonight's show, um, but of course uh, he had to go and cover this uh, at Hammersmith Council where they were going to vote on it. Um, but he has written, uh, written the following, if I can get to the bit where it actually... Here we go. Uh, Cabinet Leader Stephen Cowan brought the agenda forward to, num- uh, to number one from its original position, blah, 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 blah. With no representation from either Chelsea or the Crosswhite family, the council then went on to the vote, and all the cabinet agreed with the recommendation to accept the acquisition. 
That means that the family cannot take the council to the High Court, but they can look for a judicial review, which again might delay the process if it is upheld. However, in a matter like this, where the council and Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, have approved the plans already, this is not likely to happen. Chelsea have also stated that they will continue to work with the Crosswaite family to reach an agreement over the land and offer some compensation, although details in the council report suggest that talks have been ongoing since 2015. It's another major step forward for the development of Chelsea's Stamford Bridge, which the club are hoping to have completed by the 2024-25 season. So there we go. So it seems as if it might have been a storm in a teacup. Uh, but I have to say, as, as um, usual, that sounds like good news. As usual, though, isn't it something that's been blown out, of respect, all, blown out of all proportion, Chich, as is always the case, mm. anything to do with Chelsea? But everybody, then they eagerly <clears throat> go, great, they're not going to be able to build the stadium because of some family. Whoa, fantastic. Probably a rumour put about by Spurs fans or something. I just despair. Everything is everything to do with Chelsea always has a has a, 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 an, an a negative, agenda, an agen- negative agenda there. Yes, somewhere. I agree. Oh, I agree. God. I agree. Yeah. They I'm are so jealous of the club. You know, the, yeah. the the brilliance of winning last year really pissed people off, and you know, particularly Spurs fans. You know, bloody won anything. God save us. You know. <laughs> so basically, it's good news, yeah, it's, then, it's, Jonathan. Uh, I agree. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Tony, great Tony, I'm I'm massively, 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 massively pro new stadium. I don't give a fuck what other people think. I actually really, really want. It'll be wonderful. Well, I, agree, I want to go and watch my football in the single most iconic stadium in London, if not the country. Okay, uh, something that stands out like the Bird's Nest or the Allianz Arena or whatever number of other ones that um, uh, hurts. Whatever Muran and Herzog have built. Yeah. I, I'm absolutely in favour of it. I think it's great news. Um, and we, we'll have to go through three or four years of pain. It might be Wembley, it might be whatever. I don't really care because at the end of it, I want to be sat in that stadium. Uh, I think it's iconic. And a club like Chelsea, if they want to be considered one of the big teams in Europe, need a stadium like that. Like that. Not Abs- like Stanford Bridge. Well said, Tony. Well said. Absolutely correct. Absolutely spot on. Okay, Here, here's a question for the for the two of you. Um, I will I will not ask this of the delightful, beautiful young young lady that we have on the show with us tonight. How old will you be, Tony, in 2024? Uh, I will be 62. <coughs> okay, Jonathan. Yes, Jonathan, yes. To you, how old will you be in 2024? 25. I will be. <coughs> <coughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Presuming you'll still be alive. Sixty-four, uh. maybe. Sixty-eight. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll make it easy. Will you be between sixty and sixty-five, or sixty-five and seventy? Just, Cough twice for yes, just, three times for I've no. Just got to go uh, to the loo again, Chich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, he'll be very old. Uh, I myself, uh, and the youngster of the three old gits on the show, and I will be. I will be, well, that's what, how many years' time? Six years' time? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be 58, 59 yeah. by then. Yeah. We will all be very bloody old. Yes, but... Uh, no. What's that got to do with it? Not, does it not worry you? Well, it, it means does a, it not disturb it, you? It means they'll have enough money to compete. They'll have enough money to compete with United and, uh, and Arsenal yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. and every other team. No, no, I've got no, I'm not... I'm not 
I'm not saying that. I'm yeah, not saying, yeah. oh, well, well, therefore, we shouldn't build a stadium because we'll be too old to go. Yeah. I'm saying we'll be really old by then. And? What a shame that we have to wait so long. That's what well, I'm no, saying. Oh, yeah. Come, yeah. It'll be that simple. But, that's, that's, the, that's the world, isn't it? You know, my dad but, never never ever sat in the uh, in the old East, in the new East stand. He never yeah. sat in it. He sat in the old East stand. It's evolution, isn't it? It's the, it's the evolution of the club. It's progress. I still think you're misunderstanding. Okay. Me. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not saying for one minute, just because I might be too old to enjoy it, that it shouldn't be built. I absolutely think it'll be brilliant. I'm just hoping I can cling on that long. That's all oh, I'm saying. Well, well, it, and I think actually it was, very, it was a very pertinent point that you made about your dad, who, you know, as you said, he never saw the new East Stand, and I think that's a great shame. You know, and I just hope we're all. I hope you, us three particularly are all still alive and able Absolutely. to get up there when it's well, built the, the, because it'll be fantastic. It will. There'll be a lift. There'll be a lift that take us up there. There'll be a bath the, chair. There'll be a man carrying me. You know that. Yeah. I have no problem. It's all right for you. You <laughs> and, sit in and the and think about seat, it, Chich. Mate. You've got a butler. Think about it, Chich. Anything that's going to produce more toilets with less queuing at that age is going to be a bonus for us. Mate. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there we go. Listen, I think we'll move it on before it, it degenerates into the. Well, as Tony and I were saying actually on uh, on uh, on Saturday after the pub, we were we were talking to the Kaiser, also known as Jurgen Klopp, also known as Jonathan Dyer. He loves that. Uh, that we we should actually we should do a new podcast and call it Last of the Summer Chels, yes. because basically. Uh, Johnny Dyer, the Kaiser, is foggy. Uh, I am Clegg, and Tony is indefatigably compo. Uh, so there you go. Anyway, moving swiftly along to something that I know Alex is actually busting our puffers to talk about. Um, on uh, uh, last week, uh, we had Arsenal, Chelsea, in the Carabao Cup, and we had uh, we had the VAR. Now uh, that week, I wrote an article, I think for Football London, uh, basically so. Excuse me. Basically, saying that I absolutely welcome uh, the video assistant referee you because fool-chitch. you know I, I, I watch I watch well hear me <laughs> now I watch I watch rugby and I watch cricket a lot and uh, I I do think that it's it's improved the quality of the umpiring and it's improved the, the quality of the refereeing and if it hasn't improved the quality of them at least you're getting the right decision made in the end yeah. and I think that's important and and then given the fact that. We, on nearly every show, I mean, we haven't tonight, actually, so fair play to the referee. Um, but uh, on, me- on most shows that we do, we have some whinge or moan about an utter incompetent referee or two or three completely appalling decisions that have been made every game. Well, we could, but the, uh, but the, frankly, the Leicester one, God save us, that time-wasting Yeah, yeah, well, let, well let, let, let's, 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 not. let's not, though, let's okay. not. Uh, but the bottom, the bottom line is, is that anything that can improve or, or get us to a place where the right decision is made, I absolutely wholeheartedly embrace. Um, and VAR might might be the thing to do it. Having said that, it was an absolute farce, wasn't it, Alex? So I'm going to let you you go off on a long run about it, and then I'll come back to what I think they should do with it afterwards. How's that? Perfect. The key thing is, Chidge, you're saying that it's improved rugby, and it's in, which isn't a sport, and cricket, and it's... Hawkeye and tennis as well. The key to all three of those is that the fans that are there, that are paid to go and watch it, know what the fuck is going on because it's on the big Absolutely screen and agree. it tells you. And already, Absolutely I think agree. one of the dickheads that's retired and now yaps in the papers because he no longer referees has already said that like they they know that it's got to be communicated better. But are we seriously going to have like Mariner used it for the first time against uh, between Palace and Brighton, didn't he? And he wasn't. I mean, uh, my understanding of it is. 
is there are four things that happen in a game. I don't give a shit what they are. There are four things, and that if he's not sure on any of those decisions, he can contact his mate who's watching it on TV somewhere. Yeah? But he was doing it after mm. every fucking goal, every decision, to check if he was right. That's not what it's for. That's It's not there no, for you to yap and retrospectively referee the game as if you're watching it on television. That's not what it's there for. They're overusing it in the two matches that we've seen. The fans haven't got a clue what's going on. And I have now developed my own VAR, which is virtual asshole rage, because every time I see one of them standing there with a finger in their ear, yapping away, I'm sitting there thinking, what the fuck is going on? Because even on TV at the moment, you don't really know what's going on. Anyway. You just get a close-up of some bellend in a bright pink shirt, waffling away to nobody. And then you have to, I mean, and it just it do, it didn't work. The the one thing that actually like completely killed it in my eyes was the penalty shout against Arsenal, and then we play on, <laughs> we get to a corner, and then we all sit there, and the players don't know what's going on, we don't know what's going on, and he's making a decision on something that happened twelve decisions ago, and it, it's just bollocks. It was unmitigated bollocks, and I hate it. I'll just mute you. It's very easy. I, I don't have to put up with being in front of... But, uh, you know, look, just because it clearly didn't work very well on, on Wednesday doesn't mean that it can't be improved and made to work better. And I, I have to say, Alex, I agree with every single point you made about that. I can't remember the, the referee now. Is it Mike Dean or is it Atkinson? <laughs> I can't remember. Whoever it was. Atkinson, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, I I agree with you entirely. And I mean, the thing that amazed me is that it was really clear about the decisions that you should be able to refer back to the VAR, which were penalty decisions, uh, red cards, um, and I can't remember the others now, but basically the the, the parameters were quite narrow. Uh, no, I don't think it was. I mean, and this is the point. And he was asking about a bloody corner. So I agree with you. He clearly didn't No, no, he wasn't it. asking about uh, the I, corner. I... He has he to wait for the ball to go out of play before he can invoke it. So that was when the ball had gone out of play. He was on about the penalty, penalty shout from about That's a minute right. and a half before. That's but right. he had to well, wait for go. the ball that, to and, go and, out and, of play. And that absolutely underlines your other point, which is... If, if this is going to work, like in cricket, and I think Jonathan and I are possibly better qualified to talk about it than you two, but the great thing about cricket is that you know what's happening because you, 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 know, you have the third umpire communicating to the umpire in the middle and the replays going on, so you know what's happening. It's the same in rugby. You know, you get, get it over the tannoy and you know what's happening. The, the unbelievably stupid thing about what they did with it last Wednesday was the fact that nobody had a bloody clue what was going on because, of course, the, the people who actually are sitting in the stands who pay money to go there, well, why would they want to know? We, you know, they're not important. With the egg so chasing I think that there are well, lots Chich. of things they can do to improve it. With the egg chasing, Sorry? is the referee not mic'd as well so that you can... Like, I know the fans won't hear it and think that they are mic'd so that the TV commentators know what the fuck they're talking about. And... I think it was wonderful that they set it up um, and clearly hadn't thought anything through at all as to how it should be conveyed to the fans and conveyed uh, to the general public. It was almost as if they hadn't bothered to watch any of the rugby or cricket or the way that's set up at all, which is uh, is absolutely typical of the world of, of professional football in this country, is that instead of thinking we really need to cover all the possibilities 
of explaining what's going on. They just have a bloke standing in the middle of the pitch with his finger in his ear and nothing comes up on the screen at all. No software had been prepared. Nobody had been informed or anything. So you just think how completely amateur that is, how completely inept that was from their point. And obviously Antonio was pissed off as well. You've got to decide whether you're going to stop the fucking clock while it's being used. Because you didn't get that injury time added on. No. All absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. It was It was like you would have thought they Tony's... would have at least had a chat about it. As a... <clears throat> uh, well, I've kept my counsel on it. Because I, I'm, am I, I'm not on mute, am I? No. Uh, I've kept my counsel on it um, no. because um, fundamentally I'm in favour of it. Uh, I'm in favour of it as long as it's deployed properly and that doesn't look to be the case. So I think if you iron out a few of the things, I'm in favour of the referees being mic'd up anyway, always have been. Uh, I, I just think football needs to move on a little bit. It's been proven in other sports. I don't go with the fact that it slows the game down. Game down. It's fucking rubbish. Go and, go and watch any Allardyce team and see how much they slow the fucking game down. Um, <laughs> Good point. Right. And I'm sick of it. I see uh, Manchester City are, are, are culpable of this as well. You know, they're, they're dominant. They lose the ball. And as soon as someone starts to go at them, they fail. Barcelona have done it for years. And the game gets broken up. You add as much time on with that... Um, as anything else, I think once it's in, the, the, uh, bear in mind the refs aren't used to it, the fans aren't used to it. Uh, I think it need it's probably the right competition to try it in, so that you can iron out these faults before you introduce it to the Premier League. But I'm in favour of it. Will it stop arguments in the pub? Will it fuck? Yeah, you know I mean, but you know, of course not. Um, of course I'm not. Actually I mean, Jonathan, Jonathan will tell Jonathan will tell you, Tony. I mean, you know, the number of times we would talk about a, a, a you know a, a DRS decision in the cricket. You know, yeah. e- even though it is in some respects definitive, there's still argument about of it. Course. There's still conjecture, Precisely. and you still get to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And, and they, they occasionally get it. They occasionally get it wrong, or they come from a different angle. But at least yeah. it's done unbelievably professionally. Everybody yes. is at tele on home is informed. Everybody in the ground is informed, and yeah. you embrace that. You become yeah. part of that. Well, you it's wait like for the Hawkeye in tennis. They all cheer along and they do the woo. Yeah, 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 yeah. It hasn't yeah. ruined the crowd experience because they know what's happening. But, but I think that Alex was sort of point, typical for me. That was a kind of the, typical moment just to it see is it all the, being yeah. done so ineptly. Yeah. You know, it is the deployment that. of it and, it, you know, the FA are behind it. So there you go. That's why that's probably been such a such a shit deployment. And also, I do agree, you're going to stop the clock. I would also um, potentially just put a limit on the number of times it can be called into action. I don't know, twice per manager mm. or something like that, mm. you know. Mm. I think, is it in cricket where if you if you make the call yeah. and you, you get, get two reviews, yeah. you get it right, you keep the two reviews though, don't you? Yeah. All, you keep yeah, the one that you've just right. done. The yeah. same with Hawkeye in the tennis. Each player gets three per set and if they're right, the number doesn't go down. Yes, exactly. Wrong, they lose one and they there get one extra for a tie break. So, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. so to draw to draw a line under it, because I want to talk about uh, Norwich uh, on Wednesday, uh, we're all kind of in favour of it, but it clearly needs a lot of the issues ironing out yeah. with it at the moment yes. because they haven't quite got it right. But in principle, we think it's a good idea because Andy's asking on Twitter, he's, or not Twitter, on, on Mix, he says, so did it work or not, laugh out loud? <laughs> uh, it, I think it, we might have answered that. It, it did work. I just, it, it, it astounds me, like Jonathan said, that nobody knowing that they were going to put it in as a trial, actually had a fucking meeting and decided exactly how it was going to work. Exactly. And like you say, it doesn't yeah, take... Right. I mean, I could probably knock up some fucking software that would replay and show you what was big, or just put the words up on the screen. Penalty yeah. review. Yeah. 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 What yeah, you yeah. do in cricket, it says it's being reviewed, and then it, it spins around and it says in or out. You know, it, it, it's out or not out. It's really simple. It occupies people, and they go, oh, the referee's considering something. 
You don't have just him standing in the middle of the picture with his finger in his ear, really thinking, what on earth is he doing? God, bloody hell. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the worst thing about it for me was, of course, they could have chosen another match rather than one where there were lots of Arsenal fans there who immediately started a chant of VAR, VAR, thus proving conclusively what a bunch of (laughs) mongs they really are. Anyway, enough. Uh, Okay, Norwich FA Cup replay. Your turn, Uh, Obviously, um, I think... Yeah, I think the two. Well, I wrote an article about this as well. I went off on a long run about it. But um, bottom line is, you know, it's it's it, poor, poor match, poor result. The last thing that we wanted was a replay. Um, but I think, given given that this was a match that none of us anticipated, including the club, one would imagine, surely, 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 this was an opportunity to price it. Uh, reasonably, given the amount of matches that we've had to cough up for, given the time of year, just after Christmas when everybody's skint, given the fact that a lot of season ticket holders will probably turn their nose out up it, which means it's a wonderful opportunity to encourage the younger fans, who might be the only people left alive by the time the new stadium's built. There were so many reasons why this is why the fact that the club have rigidly stuck to their 30 quid FA Cup ticket policy of this year, there were so many reasons why they... You know, have been short-sighted about this, in my opinion, and should have charged something like fifteen quid, not thirty. And I mean, I, I didn't go to the away leg, but uh, you know, I know for a fact that uh, that we weren't paying thirty quid. Up at Norwich. It's fifteen. I just think it's insane. Thank you. They, well, you there we go. Didn't Arsenal charge a tenner There's as no well? Reason yep. for this. Well, that's that's for the Carabao. That's yeah. yeah, that's for the for the Carabao Cup. I mean, it's just stupid. And I mean, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You know, I'm privy to this because you know we we. The, the Sporters Trust uh, put in a whole load of arguments about ticket prices and ticket pricing policy every year. And we get told, well, you know, the club absolutely puts puts all of the ticketing issues to the... Uh, there's a special fans forum meeting which discusses nothing but tickets. And our policy is dictated by that meeting. Is it hell? Every time we go there and we make these points, they flatly ignore them and then do what they bloody well want. Now, here's the thing. There's, I'm, I'm curious as to whether this game will actually sell out. And I think the fact that we've been absolutely bombarded with adverts on the radio... Um, if you go to websites, you get this click-up saying buy a ticket to Chelsea, Norwich. I mean, I'll be amazed if it sells All out. All over YouTube. I would never... I, As well. I would never, ever wish uh, anything but a full stadium for a Chelsea match. I myself can't go because I have to work on, on Wednesday evening, so I'm stuffed. But I would probably be there if that wasn't the case. And I would never wish anything but a sold-out Stamford Bridge. But in, in some respects, I hope the bloody ground is half full so the club realises how bloody stupid and short-sighted they've been. Anyway, rant over. Just, uh, who would like to uh, respond to me. that? Just to say that you're missing Alex. one thing of short nights tonight. Sh- Have yeah. I? Because they put the damn thing on sale with a 2B confirmed as if it was going to be on the Tuesday, when if they'd waited five mm. hours, they would have categorically known it would be the Wednesday and put it on sale. Because what people did was buy it and then they shifted it a day. You could have just waited one more day to sell them and then people would have known it's on the Wednesday, it's been chosen for television yeah. and I can't go. Because inevitably now you've got all these people that are saying, I fucking bought 
my ticket not knowing and now I can't go and then add to that this email that came around yesterday saying that as of this morning or as of Monday sorry or whatever at 9am um, you no longer have to pay the £1.50 booking fee and it says like Chelsea are really pleased to do this and then it says in the paragraph underneath government legislation means so Chelsea have done fuck all what they've done is been told by the <laughs> government that you have to teach a cash yeah, transaction the same as a card transaction they what, must what, have known do you know, do you want to hear the? Do you want to hear the? You want to hear the? Do you want to hear the best thing about the that? fact that they Chelsea did it in the middle of the Barcelona? Hang on! Hang on! Fuck's sake! Jesus Christ! Not not only are Chelsea taking credit for what the government have done, the government are taking credit for what the EU. <laughs> yes, that's right. So, not even yeah, that, but the date it's gone in. If you bought your Barcelona ticket as soon as they became available, you fucking paid it. If you've waited till the last day to buy it as a season ticket holder, you don't have to pay it. So some people have paid it, some people haven't. It's bollocks. Absolute bollocks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I bought my Barcelona ticket last week, so I'd probably have yeah, to pay that. Yeah, you paid it. Really. I paid it. Um, t- Tony, Tony, would you like to comment, or has or has Alex done us all? No, I think she's right. I think actually they've 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 as usual got it wrong. We're about as adept as the FA at doing this sort of thing. Um, we look at it, and and the 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 all the other clubs have been dropping their prices for the FA Cup thirty quid. Now I've been on YouTube. Uh, this evening okay just looking at a few um old uh, music videos or whatever every single one of them had a pop-up saying norwich you know chelsea game yeah. with a ticket available okay and 30 all quid chat, all the porn websites I surely look at the same, mate. we're not we are not a club that is so desperate for the cash that we couldn't have done a, a ticket giveaway a tenner filled that ground out even if it was people taking their youngsters along or whatever to to get the noise going or whatever i think for people like me if 30 quid and i live down towards portsmouth i'm looking look at that thinking no I, I, i've got to, you know i've got to pack up work early i've got to get a train up there i've got to do this do that um and it's on the telly isn't it yeah, so, BBC yeah. apparently. I mean, you know, if, you, if you'd have reduced, if you'd have reduced the, if you'd have reduced the price to, to fifteen quid, yes. that would have cost the club six hundred thousand. Yeah. That's what we're talking about, I, which I, they would have recouped probably by the TV yeah. fee. Also, and, and also, as well, I, it would have taught Norwich a lesson for time wasting to get this replay in the first place because they got a smaller fucking cut if we charge less money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, okay, you two, quiet for a second, Jonathan. I, uh, what's the view from the posh seat? Yeah, <laughs> hello. <laughs> well, actually, we don't ever watch any of the games, so we don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, Listen, no, mate, I got well. I got point, my ticket. Actually, auto- not... I got Sorry, trouble go is on. I get my ticket automatically. You know, because it's already part of the season. They it's, make you go. It's part of the season ticket. It's part of it. Yeah. You know, so you you've already got it. So uh, um, that's part of the deal. In fact, it's a perk because you pay a large amount of money for it. And if it's a replay and it's at home. Um, you don't have to then purchase it, but it means effectively you're then paying um, over the top, you know, like in a season where we're not at home. I mean, you just take pot luck. If you get a home match, you're, you're, you're in. You're, you know, you, that, that's, that's the, the deal that you, you involve yourself in, really. Um, I, I, I remember, actually, I mean, it's interesting. I forgot that about you guys. And by the way, I should say, because we haven't done a podcast since uh, the Stoke match, and uh, I was very lucky to... Um, to, to be sitting with Jonathan in the posh seats and it, it was great fun and I did I did the experience properly this time rather than turning up late and it was great fun and I know I thanked you at the time but I'd just like to on the record thank you again I had a lovely lovely time um, but I remember actually in the days of Ken Bates when you bought a season ticket you got the cup matches thrown in for good <laughs> as well 
and it was very. It, I mean, you kind of paid a little bit more, I suspect, pro rata. And the, and, and as Jonathan says, the gamble was if you didn't have a big cup run, then you were out of pocket. But if yeah. you did have a good cup run, yeah. then you were probably you know doing well. Uh, and I kind of wish they did that again. But, you know, poor show, Chelsea, sorted out. Like, we really must move on because we're, we're rabbiting on, as, as us four particularly. I just don't think I've not noticed this since us four together. It gets very out of control very quickly, and it always runs over time. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, right, I've just got the usual plugs for the trust and stuff. So I'm going to whiz through this, and then it, and then hopefully we can get in all of the emails. We've got loads of them tonight. Or as Donald Trump would say, so many fantastic emails. Great emails. Shithole. Uh, anyway. Yeah, no, we've got no shithole emails. Yeah. We've, got no, we've got no emails from shithole countries, yeah. I promise. Anyway, right. Chelsea Supporters Trust. Uh, join the trust. Get your voice heard for the club, apart from when we're talking about ticket prices. I didn't really say that. Um, it's free to join up to be a member. Absolutely free. You don't have to pay a dime. But if you do want to have a nice, lovely, shiny badge and uh, you want to vote in uh, vote in the elections and attend the meetings, then we do ask you to pay £5. Uh, but it's very easy. All you have to do is sign up at chelseasupporterstrust.com and then you can do all of that. Uh, and make sure you get your voice heard. Um, follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust, and of course, uh, we will have a, a special general meeting coming up, uh, possibly in March. We've got a board meeting this week, and we're going to decide when it will be then. But uh, it's usually predicated on when we've got a home match uh, on a Saturday at three o'clock. And to my reckoning, the, the next one is March the tenth, unless we get unless we beat Norwich on Wednesday. But anyway, we'll get to that this week, I promise. Um, talking of which, uh, the CPO, um, CPO AGM, uh, is on the 26th of January. And if you're a CPO shareholder, I encourage you to go. Uh, they're voting on one important thing, which is uh, to reduce the price of the shares to £25 a go. And I think largely that's to encourage youngsters to, to buy shares, which I'm all for. But anyway, uh, other than that, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, all you have to do is go and buy a share. Uh, and uh, if you want to do that, all you have to do is go to info at chelseapitchowners.com, email them about it. It's, it's also on the Chelsea web, website. Just uh, you know, do a search on Chelsea Pitch Owners and you'll find it. And, of course, you can follow them at Pitch Owners. Uh, on Saturday, I picked up my latest copy of CFC UK, which I commend to you, not necessarily my article, but everybody else's. Uh, if you can't get to the uh, CFC UK stall, which is opposite Fulham Broadway Tube, uh, if you can't get there in person, then you can always get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the US of A, uh, you can follow the Twitter account at cfcukusa and find out how to get it there. Uh, there is another one uh, coming quite soon, actually, because uh, I know that there's a deadline of this Friday for me to write my next one which I'm going to have a right old moan about everything I hate about modern football. So peaky try wankers. to cram that into 1,500 words. Yes, peaky mm. No, I can't say that because I wear a flat No, cap, I know, but so Dan Silver's just coined well. this term. Instead of saying peaky blind or wannabe youth, we can say peaky wankers. <laughs> yeah, but I wear a flat cap and I, I object You've to that. You've worn it for I, a long I, I, you know. time and not because you saw it on TV and yeah. thought it would be called well, six I, yeah. The, the the funny thing is actually I, I we shouldn't talk about this because we're wasting time as always but I cannot resist but when I started wearing my flat cap which is a bit of a countryside flat cap I got a lot of grief about it saying oh where's your shotgun chidge shot any peasants today have we <laughs> <laughs> you know and I said yeah 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 fuck off you know you're like the quality, you're, quality you're like the landowner cap. I'm like your gamekeeper that's what we look like yeah. on Saturday. well exactly 
it's like it's like uh, what what the far show isn't yeah. it? Uh, okay. Ted, Ted and, and the uh, gardener. Well, yeah. I was the gardener, mate. Ted and the gardener. That's right. <laughs> But uh, so anyway, I was looking rather country gen, and then suddenly Peaky Blinders turned up, and everybody was coming saying, "Oh, we like your flat cap, mate. Yeah, yeah it looks really cool. Very Peaky Blinders." And I was going, "Yeah, you weren't saying that a year or two ago, were yeah. you?" Anyway, enough. it's those people. Uh, not if you, you want to, okay, those people, not me. Now, listen, guys, if you want to uh, help Chidge fund a new flat cap, <laughs> it's very simple. All you have to do. Or, in fact, pay me not to wear it. I'm not fussy. Either will do. Uh, but we do have this wonderful thing called Patreon, which is a website which uh, enables people to uh, donate uh, money to the Chelsea Fancast. I mean, in a sense, I think, you know, if you pay a quid for the fanzine, then, you know, why not pay a dollar per show for the fancast? You know, it makes sense to me. Uh, but there's no pressure, and that's the beauty of it. Um, and it just helps to, you know, cover some of the running costs and stuff like that. Uh, so if you want to donate, and many have, and I'd just like to say, I know a lot of you who do donate say, don't read my name out, I don't want people to know, you know. And I say, well, okay, that's fine, your secret's safe with us. I just want to say personally thank you so much to the many, many, many people who have donated. It's very kind and generous of you, and I very much appreciate it. Uh, if you too want to donate via Patreon, all you have to do is go to www.patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And as I said, uh, a dollar a show works fine for me. Now, in part four, we've got loads, loads, loads and loads and loads of emails by the wonderful, mellifluous Jonathan Kidd. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Real fans, real opinions. Right, welcome back. Uh, I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And it's the last part, so we can all go and have a long lie down or a very large vat of gin, I think, um, if you're Alex afterwards. Oh, talk, talking of gin, Alex, how's, the, how's Bertie? Yeah, yeah, he's good. He uh, I woke up at three o'clock this morning. He actually had his face in one of those like wine-like round glasses that had had a gin and tonic in. He was licking the inside, and I thought, make me so proud, really? B. He's, your, he's definitely your He's cat. asleep by my oh, Will you wish him Happy moment? New Year? Oh, bless him. Will you wish him Happy New Year from I me? I will. It was his birthday on New Year's Eve, so... I know, I know, I saw that. Uh, anyway, it's time for the emails. Jonathan's got loads of them to read out. Let's. I hope we can get through them all. If we can't, you know what, we'll, we'll just do them next week. But the first one's from your, your old mate, Jonathan. This has been stewing for the few weeks while we've been off air. Is it from Sid, Sid Celery? Not, no, I don't think it is. It's not that Sid. This is a different Sid. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. It's, one, it's the one who had a go at me. And he, his third point, mm. his third point... It's very contentious, I have to say. My goodness me. Well, he, he, this is his response to your response. I know, I know. If you see what I mean. I know, I know. But uh, unfortunately, I know better than him. But we'll follow <laughs> see. We'll see. Um, uh, hi, y'all. Three things. Number one, Chelsea's spending pattern has been in the works for a while. I think it's unrelated to the stadium. For years now, we've known that Roma has wanted to transition from deficit spending to becoming an organisation that grows its own and makes select buys in the market. The idea is to live within our means. The club was essentially bankrupt when Roman bought it, remember. Circumstances have frustrated and delayed implementation of his plan, but the club's path has been clear. The primary mission for the academy is to produce Chelsea players. 
generating revenue through player sales is a happy byproduct, but it's not the youth system's raison d'etre. Number two, the club actually do want to hold on to managers, contrary to appearances. It started with AVB. That's when Abramovich changed strategies. He wanted to build something, but a player rebellion forced his hand. Di Matteo was never seen as a long-termer. Benitez might have been, might have been, might have been, but the fans wouldn't permit it. Jose Part 2 was also supposed to last a long time. Many sins would have been forgiven, but not slipping near the relegation zone with no improvement in form evident. Which brings us to Conte. I think they very much want to keep him. Like Jose Part 2, many sins will be forgiven. We shall see if Conte wants to stay. I'm of a mind that he will, contrary to all of you all on the last podcast. Number three, sorry, Jonathan, I've already won this bet. (laughs) Me, I know a guy who knows a guy is the most dangerous rumour. Jonathan, I know a guy who knows Bruce Buck. I rest my case. Uh, Sorry, I don't understand that at all. Um, This bet... Me neither, thank you. This bet will never be formally settled because nobody will go on the record with the facts until Conte writes his biography and both Jonathan and I will probably be dead when that happens. Mm. Yes, I have creaky bones too, being been supporting Chelsea since 1970. All the best, Sid. Well, um, the problem I have with three is that ultimately I don't know if, if you... If you know somebody who sits next to somebody and he gives you a piece of information, how is that? a? a, a it's all a rumour, I agree. But um, if that's been given to you, um, all right, it's one removed, but it's somebody who you know and is a friend of yours who's been told something by a high-ranking official at the club. How is that um, that you've won a bet on it? I don't understand. Um well, you have to go back to the original email because you, you, I can't remember, but you two did have some thought of, but you, you betted each other. Well, we'll see other. what would happen. We, I think it was what was going to happen, whether he was going to be, uh, um, right. where he yeah. was going to leave or not. No, it wasn't. It was uh, the bet with the Bruce Buck story was all about the, the fact that in the summer, um, Conte said he was off. And that was the reason that they then ceased, stopped going into the transfer market because they were worried they'd have to appoint someone else who wouldn't want the players that Conte had marked, marked down for his. That was the story I was told by my mate who, who sits next to Bruce Buck. So, um, and that, that made the whole thing, it, that pointed to me at Conte's um, uh, passion and um, changeability, uh, which we're experiencing again, I think. Um, so there is an element of possibly um, truth in that, but I, but I agree completely with Sid. One can never know because we're not we're not um, party to it, are we? And we never will know. In the same way, he can't then really say any of the remarks that he said because it's completely unprovable. You know, like did the club actually want to hold on to managers contrary to appearances? Starting with AVB, we don't know that. So in a, in the end, um, all we can do on this program is speculate and come in with ideas can't we because we we're not there we're not at the board we're not at the uh, well some of us know people you know alex you know somebody who's who's uh, possibly on the on the training ground but uh, perhaps mm. that might not be true either perhaps we're all making it up or perhaps i, know. But, I mean but, there's nothing to stop me saying that 
Um, yeah. I was in the pub last night and Conte came and sat next to me and told me that he thinks we're all wankers. Yes, yes. And uh, um, and I might believe you, but I might not. So, yeah. So in the end, you know, all we can do is 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 speculate and uh, have a good time doing it, really. So um, uh, yeah, there we have exactly. it. Anyway, email number two, Alan Gavaran. Hello, Alan. How are you, mate? <laughs> Listening to the post-Boxing Day podcast, I was struck by your discussion of how slow the team is to go forward, especially in the first half. I don't get to see Chelsea very much, but was able to get tickets for the Carabao Cup game against Bournemouth. It was, without doubt, the worst 89 minutes I've seen at Chelsea in many a year. Oh, I'm not so sure about that, uh, Alan. I think... Most of the games under Mourinho were even worse um, in, in his uh, in his annus horribilis. Um, perked up a bit at the end, though. So pedestrian, so boring, so much side-to-side passing at the back. The real highlight, of course, was the full de- full debut of FN Ampadu, who was just fantastic. For a 17-year-old to play with such maturity was exceptional. Even though he saw loads of the ball, much of it was going left to right and right to left as Cahill and Rudiger passed the ball backwards and forwards along the back three. Listening to the comments from last week's podcast, I started to think that one of the reasons for this problem is that we don't have a driving midfielder a la Frank Lampard anymore. Yes, as Chidge said earlier, and I agree with completely. If you think about it, we've got three different types of midfielder. We have the Makaleli-like Kante, who, as everyone knows, is probably the best player in this role in the world. He's immaculate in front of the defence and is getting better going forward. We also have Cesc Fabregas, Fabregas, who is magnificent as a creator, playing the quarterback role. But who is the Lampard in this team, driving from deep and arriving in the box to score hatfuls of goals? Bakayoko. Not. Well, I suppose, <laughs> he says, I suppose it's supposed to be Bakayoko, but as many have observed, he's still quite a long way off playing like a replacement for Lampard. The other option is drink water. But I see him more as a pair with Kante rather than someone who can drive forward. So without a driving midfield player, we're reliant on our inside forwards to come back and get the ball and drive forward. We've all seen Hazard do this time and time again, but of course it blunts his overall effectiveness if he's doing this role as well as cutting forward and creating. He's definitely much better used playing just off Morata. Willian and Pedro also do this, although not not usually as well and as diligently as Hazard, but again, it restricts their effectiveness. The other comment made on the show was how Alonso also provides part of this role. Without doubt, I think he's one of our best players this season. He said more. He said, "Isn't it?" He had more shots than anyone else. I think there have been a number of times. The best example, obviously, being the game away to Spurs, when his sheer force of will came to the fore. It was clear he wasn't going to let us lose or draw that game. Obviously, the brilliant free kick was wonderful, but also the surging run to score the second goal was an example of his will to win. Yeah, agree. Likewise, against Brighton, he had those three goal attempts in a couple of minutes, culminating with the second goal. And I couldn't help noticing against Stoke that when we scored the fourth goal, I think he was playing in an inside right role and making a massive massive nuisance of himself again. Undoubtedly, he's going to be seen as as good a buy for Chelsea as Azpilicueta has been. I am an enormous fan of Alonso. I think, as we all are, I think, on this programme. So surely this must be the objective for our next transfer window or two. Whilst we're waiting for Bakayoko to come good and there are promising signs, he's such a unit, I think we need another driving midfielder. Uh, Nangalan from Roma looks terrific and bossed the game and the midfield against us home and away. I take it, I'd take him like a shot, although I think he probably needs some hairdressing advice. <laughs> Another similarly coiffured midfielder is Vidal, who Conte know well, knows well from Juventus, but I'm not sure if he's not a little bit past his best. Yes, he's, he's, um, he'd only get a year contract, wouldn't he? So my analysis is simple. We just need a new Frank Lampard. Sorted, Alan Gavran, who is at... <laughs> Rootless Cosmo, and of course, Aussie sign my broken leg. Great names. 
Brilliant stuff. I've got a couple of things to add to that. One, one is uh, I would be very, very up for signing Nangalang as long as we sign Dembele as well. And then we could have a son that goes Dembele, Nangalan, Dembele, Nangalan, and then the rest you can make up. Uh, and actually talking of songs, because uh, Alan Gavaran mentioned the full debut of Ethan Ampadu and the wonderful Walter Otten, who uh, A, was definitely in Mixler earlier on. Uh, I don't know if he's still in there now, but uh, Walter, as you may or may not know, together with Mark Worrell, was the co-author of the wonderful book Carefree, Chelsea, Chance and Terrace Culture, which Jonathan and I mention an awful lot in this programme. And I'm about three quarters of the way through, and it is brilliant. If you haven't bought it yet, people, go out and buy it. It's, it's fantastic. It's a great read. But Walter, Walter uh, WhatsApped me this uh, yesterday, and it is just worth playing. I hope you'll be able to hear it. I'm going to kind of put it by the mic, and you'll be able to hear it, hopefully. Are you ready? A one, a two, a one, two, three. Thinking of you, Ethan Ampadu, that's why I love you, now I'm living in ecstasy, oh baby it's you, Ethan Ampadu, that's why I love you, now I'm living in ecstasy. There we go, the one and only Walter Otten, I mean how about that people? Yeah, he's a star, isn't he, Walter? He really is. I mean, that is just... that That's great, that is. That's just such great, a bellend, I love him. Yeah. He's such a bellend, yeah. I love him. That's probably the best way to put it. I mean, of course, do you do remember that... I mean, and they, they go into this in the book as well. But, uh, you know, Walt, Waltz is responsible for the Williams song and, and several others too. So, you know... Uh, just goes to show that everybody's got a hit record in them somewhere. Anyway, uh, enough of that. Time for more emails, Jonathan. This is from John Murray. Dear Fancast, I'm writing to you from my home, not too far from Bondi Beach in Sydney. I've had a wonderful Christmas reading <laughs> Carefree Chelsea Chance and Terrace Culture. Reading oh, Carefree has prompted me to write and offer some observations about watching football and supporting Chelsea in the late 70s. Ooh, he's a- He's a man after my own heart. Firstly, a huge thanks to the fan cast for providing a direct connection to Stamford Bridge for those of us that can't make it week in, week out. Given the time difference, I can't listen live, but I look forward to the podcast being released each week. My father was posted to London in 1976. I knew nothing about football, but Chelsea were the nearest first division ground to where we lived, so I followed the Blues. A friend at school was also a Chelsea supporter, and we started going to games. Chelsea has been a part of my life ever since. Bravo. Our spot was towards the back of the middle of the shed. My father offered to pay the difference to sit in the stands where it was safer, but the atmosphere and singing in the shed meant it was the only place where we wanted to be. For listeners who may not be aware, the terrace standing area that was the shed was built in the 1930s, I don't don't think there were any improvements after that. When Chelsea scored, the shed would erupt as one, surging forward in a human wave before receding back. You learned pretty quickly not to stand in front of the crash barriers, which were aptly named. I never know if they're called crush barriers or crash barriers. I always call them crash barriers. That's me, Jonathan, saying that, by the way. Um, Going to the football in those days was a confronting experience. Oh, God, this is absolutely so right. The journey to and from Fulham Broadway was through a canyon of police and horses in full riot gear. We generally avoided trouble, but one game stands out for me. In November 1978, we were playing Spurs and ended up losing 3-1. Fights were everywhere. We spent most of the game looking out for our survival. My mate Ivor was ejected from the ground by the police. All he was doing was jumping up and down after we scored our only goal, Tommy Langley. But maybe he was the soft option 
compared to others around us. Yeah. Being part of the shed in full voice was something special, and it was also fun. Can you imagine singing Knees Up Mother Brown on a crowded terrace whilst basically running on the spot? A theme from Carefree is how quickly events on and off the field can be adopted into a chant. In the spirit of JK, I will offer a chant that was not in the book. <laughs> I can remember playing the Scousers and there was a large group of children on the benches to the right-hand side of the shed. They were, they were squeaking out, um, Liverpool, clap, 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 Liverpool, clap, clap, clap. Pretty quickly, the shed started singing to the tune of We'll Support You Evermore. Does your mummy, does your mummy, does your mummy know you're here? A great laugh, and we didn't hear much from the kids after that. Another chant that didn't make it into the book was from the 1978-79 season when we got relegated. Uh, um, the football league, the football league, the football league is upside down. The football, I don't know what tune it is, actually. Um, uh, football league is upside down. 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 Thankfully, there's not much cause to sing that one these days although it was in the back of my mind during our Anna Cerebris of two seasons back. When I returned to Sydney in 1981, it was hard to keep up with English football. I made it to a game in 1994, which must have been the last year of the old shed. In 1997, I was recovering at my parents' place from a major operation to correct a congenital heart defect. Chelsea were in the FA Cup final, and I wasn't going to miss that. The game started at midnight, and when Robbie Di Matteo scored after 40 seconds, the phrase... I nearly burst my stitches had a very literal meaning. I later wrote a letter to Ken Bates congratulating the club, but alas, no reply. What a surprise. Nowadays, we can watch... <laughs> Nowadays, Good old Ken, I, yeah. Ken, consistent, unbelievably consistent, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> you know where you are with Ken. Nowadays, we can watch all EPL games live and Chelsea TV is on my cable package. It's great to see old players continuing their involvement with the club. But imagine my surprise at seeing one of my heroes, Clive Walker, with no hair. Was that pubic hair? I am really glad to see the push for atmosphere in the club, at the club, and particularly the efforts of We Are The Shed. I hope that the Shed End name will continue to be used when the new stadium is constructed. And just ap apropos that, um, they appear to have put all the banners on the back of the hotel, and there are very few now. Um, around the ground. I'm completely confused by that. I don't know what's happening. Anyway, finally, I'm of that age where nothing is certain when it comes to Chelsea. We still find ways to mess things up, of course, which is why all this talk about Conte leaving in the summer has me on edge. That and the fact that the false number nine is clearly not working. Having said that, there are a lot of positives about the current team. Is it my imagination or are there a lot more flicks and tricks from all of the team and not just Hazard? It seems to me that fitness and tactics were the theme for last year and skills developed development might be the theme for this year. If this is the case, then I can see us continuing to improve and it should make for a great Champions League campaign. Happy New Year and looking forward to a winning 2018. John Murray, Sydney, Australia. I mean, that's a very good point he makes about the, the flicking. The trouble is, is that there's lots of flicking going on. It goes to no one. You just give the ball away, unfortunately, at the moment. So, uh, um, but that's a night that's a, that really well observed, that business of uh, the shed. I actually used to get scared of that. Oh, I uh, did that bit, and I I would go and hide. Yes, that down by the uh, the front with the, those the hooped yeah. fence uh, to I, avoid to avoid that because I found it too dangerous. I got well, I got I'm, I got knocked over a couple of times. Yeah, I I'm like you know, I'm I'm like you in one way, uh, J.K. Um, in uh, in that I am uh, sort of vertically challenged, 
and uh, <laughs> was of a slightly slighter build back in them days. Although I was I was a fucking hellraiser back in the day as a teenager. So you went there with all of the 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 the, the, the kind of puffed up whatever. And the minute it scored a goal, and I because I spend most of the game like jumping at the jumping up and down. What the fuck's going on? What the fuck's going on? Because I couldn't see nothing. So I'm the happy. Energy, with the energy was phenomenal. Yeah. So, JJ, yeah. where was your butler? It was my butler. My butler, boy, he was in the shed instead of me, of course. Okay. I, 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 and he would once again. He'd, he he would um he just I would be outside in a in a kind of um uh, ambulance bed, and he would just give me notes as to how the game was going. Or is it either that, or he just sort of crouched over you and formed a human shield? Oh, sweet! I hadn't thought of that actually. No, he never did that. No, no, no. I wasn't paying him enough money then to do that. So uh, no, he would uh, he would just whisper in my ear. No, sorry, he hand me messages. He whispers in my ear now, of course. But I don't even go and watch the game. I just sit in Aussies and uh, and eat nonstop, smoke salmon. Um, good. Where were we? With uh, gluten free bread, of course. Um, well, I just yeah. just yeah, I just you know my my comment on the shed. I mean, you know, uh, like Tony and you. Uh, I, I'm vertically challenged, and of course, like Tony, I was, and I presume you too, Jonathan. I was much slighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm now, now, I'm, now I'm unbelievably bit, butch. I'm a bit more bulk. Unbelievably butch. But then I yes, was. A, but I, I, I'm now a little man. Yeah. yeah. Well, now I'm unbelievably fat. <laughs> yeah. you know, I couldn't possibly comment on Tony. I couldn't co- possibly comment on Tony. I'd, I'd allow him to do that himself. But, but I, I used to. Well, a, um, I'd have to say when I when I first started going, we didn't score many goals, so it didn't happen very much. Uh, but on the rare occasion when we did, uh, I, I, my feet would actually go off the ground. Yes. And I would find myself propelled 20 feet in front of me. Yeah. And then it's like riding away, yeah. you know, and then you'd find yourself back to where you started. And your feet hadn't actually touched the ground. I prefer, so I prefer I the... Quite like, and I was usually very drunk, yeah. so I used to quite like I that. prefer the phrase stocky. Um, you know, I, I am, I've Stop got the body you. of someone who's six foot four, four crammed into someone who's only five foot six. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but go. yes, I, like I, I, like I did. <laughs> Same thing. Often used to think, where the fuck is the ground <laughs> underneath my feet as you got swept Ooh. forward? Yeah. Those were the days. That and the frozen burgers. They were, those are the days. I had a very narrow escape yeah, with one of those barriers and I thought this isn't for me. I'm sorry. Don't stand in front of the barrier. I know. I mean, well, I was pushed, pulled, pushed along oh, towards no, one, and I thought I can't bear this anymore. So I, I rather pathetically just sat and stood near the front. And I, and and I, as Paul as Paul Burgess says on on mixing, oh my god, it was the best feeling in the shed when we did score. And, I, and I'm I'm sure because it, it didn't happen very often, so it obviously felt a lot better. You know, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, Jonathan, we're stealing your thunder. No, you? no, you're allowed. You're allowed. That was a crack. It was a great email. Wonderful, 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 Thanks, wonderful John, from John yeah. Murray. Wonderful, brilliant. Um, email number four, Nick. Hello to all. This is my second time emailing, so I'll try to keep it more concise this time. First, I want to rant about Batshuayi. I don't understand why he's never had a chance to play a match up top alongside either Morata or Hazard. Everyone agrees playing as a second striker is his best position, yet he's never been given even a sniff of a chance to play that role. It's baffling to me. Secondly, and more to the point, I think this January window is one of the most important in club history. It comes at a time when Conte, Courtois and Hazard could all renew or not. If the club wants all three back, showing clear signs of ambition is the best way, in my opinion, to tie all three to the club long term in one fell swoop. Signing players of the calibre of Vidal, Sandro, Mares, Bellotti, etc. would send a clear message that we intend to challenge on all fronts, not just this year, but for years to come. 
However, signings of the likes of Bailey, Zaha, and Didi, etc., while not bad players, shows we're content to be top six and maybe nick a cup each year. In other words, we'd have equal ambition to Liverpool. In the first scenario, I think Conte, Courtois and Hazard would double down on their long-term Chelsea future. In the latter scenario, I think we could see all three leave in the next 18 months. Like Eden had said when, said when we drew Barcelona, but we are Chelsea, and I think it's time we acted like it. Spend the money, buy the players, signal we're going to be a force for years to come. Thanks for the podcast, the insight. I'm not sure about that. And I'm looking forward to your takes on what I've said. Oh, and one last note, was a big fan of Leon, Leon, Leon Carbis when he came on the show. Thought his takes were top-notch. Have him back, please. Keep the blue flag flying high. Nick in New York. Good good mail, Nick. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not convinced they'll buy anybody in this window. So, uh, um I agree. I think if you, if they buy a lot of players, but I don't think. What do we think, chaps? Do we think they're going to buy anybody? We haven't talked about that. We've just said the moment we're in for Carroll. I don't think uh, any of these players are going to are going to be bought this window. Vidal, I think Sandro's going to happen in the summer. I think the only thing, from what I hear, my blue squirrel stuff is that the only thing stopping that deal now is Juve refusing to let him go until they've got a replacement and they didn't manage to get it last summer. So they yes. the deal. Yeah, summer, that, yeah. that deal is as good as done, providing they're satisfied they've got the personnel in place not to suffer. Yeah. But any of the others? I really don't... I really don't... I really don't know. I mean, clearly we need more players, but I, I'm slightly concerned, you know, rumour or not, about, you know, I mean, we, we know or we believe that we know that uh, it's the board that control the transfers and actually Conte does say as much every time that he's asked. Don't ask me, ask the club uh, because they're the ones that control it. You know, what with Emanalo gone, who knows what's going on? But it, I think it is conceivable that they might just hang back and and wait until the summer. Then you kind of factor in, well, will Conte be there or not? It's just, it's, it's just so confusing. Yeah. As I said a minute ago, just because I'm an awkward, contrary bastard, I just want us to sign Dembele and Nangalan so we can have a Black, belly. A black belly, Betty song. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, Dembele, Nangalan, Yep. Dembele, Nangalant. We're going to be a great song. It would it, be Tony? fantastic. It really would. Take me back to my rock roots. Yep. <laughs> it would indeed. You got anything to say about the transfers, mate? Uh, I, you know, I, I detest the January window, but then I detest all transfer windows, and I just think that um, all you end up with is a load of um, people flaunting their cocks around, um, you know, <laughs> well, you do, don't you? I'm on Twitter and all this. Look, I know this. A man who this and rumour this and the press media um, with their combination of tiny little willies flouncing around, giving it all too much bit. time on their hands. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Personally, um, I, I would like to see one or two players come in. I, I know little, little or nothing about Sandro uh, or Vidal or uh, any of them. Um, I don't really take much notice of what goes on outside, but if they're good enough for Conte, then I guess they're good enough for me. Yeah, well, I guess the Sandro one, I guess maybe it falls apart if he goes as well. Conte, yeah. But yeah. yeah, if he's around, I think it's done, but you never know. Mm. Um, on, on, on the final point, uh, Keon Carbis. Uh, yes, you're right. Keon is fantastic, but sadly, Keon, uh, uh, whilst he's still doing a superb job uh, on the Chelsea Fancast website, uh, but he's now in university, and where, where he is in university, he gets a really, really shit uh, internet signal, so he, he's 
uh, said basically until he gets a good internet signal there, which he doesn't know when that will happen. Uh, it's pretty pointless having him on the show because he just can't really dial in. So that's why he's not been on. He wasn't he wasn't fired or disappeared. It's just that uh, the technology has uh, has failed. Wasn't him, a David Luiz situation. Uh, that's what you're saying. No, no, he's not fallen out with a gaffer. <laughs> you didn't have a no, like no, fifty no, not or out with a gaffer. No, 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 no. I'm not like that. I'm I'm a much more mellow manager than Conte. But uh, um, I mean, as I said, he does a great job with the website, as you and I know, Alex. So you know, uh, he'll he'll just have to focus on well, that. But it's a shame because he, he did for somebody who's because that's just wank. Well, we I need to email them, yeah. don't I, and, and get them sorted out with the pictures because they're rubbish with the pictures. But that's not no, no, no. It's what's available to us, isn't it? It is. We'll sort it out one day. Not to worry. Um, I tell you what, Jonathan, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, should we just read this next one out? Yeah, quickly, yeah. And we'll, we'll save candles yeah. for next Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Yeah? Um, uh, Clinton Harrison. Um, uh, I like this. I like this. <laughs> I really like this. I think it's it's uh, um, it's straight to the point and uh, and it, it's. Communicating with everybody, fantastic. Hi guys, hope all is well. I've been a Chelsea fan since 1998 and previously used to attend Stamford Bridge on a regular basis, which has recently become inconsistent. I'd like to get back out there, possibly make some new friends. Give me a shout when you can. I'd love to join up with you guys. Can regards, Clinton Harrison. Oh, well, that's that's easily solved, isn't it's it? Easily solved, fantastic. Okay, now. Asking, all he's got to do is ask him to come to the clock. Yeah. I, I can be bought with gin. <laughs> Right, Tony. I'm just yes, writing. So we've heard, I'm writing Alex. that down, mate. I just am. ask him up, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I am writing that down. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, just come over to the stall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As Jonathan said, that, that's what a lovely, lovely email. For me, that's absolutely what it's about. And I mean, as Tony will will, will say, I mean, you know, we've met so many oh, people yeah. who have become great mates through doing the show. It, it's just fantastic. Yeah. So uh, the more the merrier, Clinton. And as Tony, Tony and I are regulars in the Cock Pub. Uh, I, sometimes I get there on time. I didn't manage to on Saturday. No, but Tony, we met but, up in uh, the Atlas afterwards, which is a fine establishment. We did, say. we did. Yeah, At- Atlas afterwards, cock before. Come and see us, Clinton. Let let me know. You've got the email address. Just let me know if you're going to be around, and we'll we'll meet yep. up. That'd be lovely. So there you go. Um, it's that's really what it's all about. Um, listen, uh, the br- great emails tonight. Well done, people. Uh, keep sending them in, uh, Kendall. We will uh, we will read yours first next week, won't we, Jonathan? Yes, definitely. Uh, and and as I said, we love we do love receiving your emails, and we'll always try and read them out on the show, time permitting. So send them to chelseafancast at gmail dot com before Monday. Now uh, we have to go. I'm afraid uh, we've been uh, outstaying our welcome very much tonight. But never mind. always happens uh, when me and stuff. Alex are on. Uh, always happens. Yes. Uh, thank you for <laughs> saving me from having to say that yet again. Uh, it is true, but that's why we love exactly. you. That's why we love you. It'd be very dull if you didn't say anything It'd at be. all. Uh, now, we're going to be back uh, next Monday, January the 22nd at 7 o'clock, and uh, I'll be joined, of course, as ever, by the wonderful Jonathan. Uh, we've got Clayton Beerman on the show, who's been whoring himself out to anybody like London is Blue, I see last week. <laughs> and we've got the lovely Joe Tweeds, who's been whoring himself out to some other American podcast. Yeah. Yes. Carefree, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you go. So we've basically got me and Jonathan on a couple of whores on next week. Uh, but it'll be a good show. Don't worry. We're pure, um, though, aren't we'll we? We'll be Chich? reporting. We're pure. I know. Jonathan and I, well, actually, I have to be honest, Jonathan. I, I have been known to be on another. Oh, podcast. God, it's just me then. I'm the pure one. I know. Oh. I know. So you are the pure <laughs> one. You are You are actually becoming the Chelsea fan. Because I saw somebody tweet out the other day. They retweeted you and they said, 
the uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, what does it say? The Chelsea fan cast legend that is Jonathan. Yeah. Kidd. Was that Jonathan Kidd tweeting it though? Or? No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was, it was somebody else. Also, no, they were being. They, and he didn't even pay. They were them. being ironic. Huge have we got time for well, Jonathan? Maybe, maybe. There's a request on Twitter to read that very brief paragraph that Worrell found in a German accent. The uh, well, we're out of time, so we're not going next to that. Uh, uh, never mind. Yeah, do it next week. Do we'll it next, do it next week. week. Anyway, anyway, I have to say it was about as funny as being kicked in the bollocks. So, oh, you no, know, it is right, just some stupid, stupid, nappy shitting German. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, God, it's bizarre, that, isn't Enough. it? I've seen it. Yeah, God, that's so weird. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was more what Jonathan it's on Twitter. Marco, it that was amused. Gate 17, uh, Marco tweeted it out if you want to go and have a look at it. Anyway, uh, right, we'll be reporting back on the Norwich uh, FA Cup replay and the league match against Brighton uh, uh, on Monday's show. Now, as I said earlier on, uh, the superb efforts from Gion Carbis. Uh, meant, uh, means that our game on the Chelsea Fancast website has been well and truly upped. So it is beholden upon you lovely people what listen to this show to go and have a look and read the blogs, particularly Alex's, because they're the funniest by a long way. And uh, she gives us kind of first look at it, which is very sweet of her. Uh, and, and you don't censor me. So, uh, so... I don't censor you, Alex. No way. No, I never cut any of your stuff out. I put it out there. Un- unadulterated well, I'm, I'm going to see if I can do so, one for so you Chidge yeah. maybe uh, maybe yeah. maybe I'll do it over my late night cocoa and do something for you there yeah do it mate I'd love it because you I mean this is the thing actually and I mean this, this never ever ceases to amaze me but um, most of the people that write that we have on the show who write write brilliantly you know there, there's such great writing talent out there uh, and, and a lot of them, like Martin Wickham, uh, Ken Barkway, Clay yeah. Beerman, just to mention three names that I shouldn't, haven't done a blog for ages. And they now damn well need to do one because they're too good to not I've do just them. Put anyway, a, I've just put a diary to. entry in to say, write something for the fan cast. All right. So, uh, Brilliant. I, I, I will dust my quill it. down and get my bottle of quink out. I'm there with you. You could get green quink. Do you remember that? Oh, I do, mate. <laughs> Yeah, I do. <laughs> Make sure you give a plug to the podding shed if you do one for Real us, Tony, because I know you're planning a few shows I soon. Am indeed, yes. Yeah. Right, so check check the fancast website out, Chelseafancast.com. Check out the Twitter, obviously at Chelseafancast, and check out the Facebook page, Facebook.com forward slash Chelseafancast. That's also where you'll find all of my writing, which I do for football.london and Yahoo. Yahoo Sport UK. I do a few blogs for them each week. Anyway, uh, follow, of course, uh, me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Tony at Grocer Jack UK, and the wonderful Alex Churchill, also known as the girl who likes balls at CFC GWLB. Uh, and there we go. Right. Um, I don't know why that's in there. That was... Uh, oh, no, I suppose... It's, uh, <laughs> Happy New Year, belatedly. I mean, I know we should have done it a few weeks ago, but anyway. Happy New Year. Thanks for all your support, as always. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Thanks to these lovely, lovely people, I should have said. Thank you to Jonathan. Really great to be on, as always, Chidge. Well done, team. Fantastic. You're great, great to be on the show with. Thank, Thank you. you, guys. Thank you to the lovely Tony. Hey, it's been a pleasure. I feel like I've been one of the 16s tonight. You'll get it later, Chid. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with that one, but you'll no doubt text me later. Uh, and of course, last but by no means least, the uh, wonderful lunatic that is Alex Churchill, who I love massively. And Bertie, well done, well done, well done. who's been sitting with me all the time. And Bertie, complete silence. Yes. 
And you lot out there in Mixler, of course, have been brilliant as always. So thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Yeah, the chills. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.